What, 42? I don't know. The meaning 400. of life! Ah, <laughs> memes. Look, I've been playing Dungeons 3. I can't help it at this point. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, so, effectively, in the, uh, in the void, after, uh, after Dungeon Keeper died, they decided, let's just make, um, let's just make clones like a not they a bunch of developers who love dungeon keeper like wait why did dungeon keeper die uh ea has never actually felt like making a proper follow-up just a shitty cash grab mobile game oh mm -hmm. yeah uh and so dungeon keeper was this really popular game where you were effectively an evil overlord and you had a dungeon you were oh, supposed to keep it from being invaded that's why i've been acting maniacal and evil lately yeah uh <laughs> so, so there you go. In, in like overhearing him just as I'm cooking or doing something, he's like, oh, I must assemble my zombies in my naga. <laughs> just okay. That yeah. sounds like Dungeon Keeper. <laughs> yeah. And so effectively, uh, in the void of no, um, no Dungeon Keeper, there were several attempts to make a, a proper successor. And mm -hmm. so there's the, the Dungeon series, which just had its third game release uh, mm -hmm. yesterday. There was War for the Overworld, which is kind of the more indie version, which was pretty good, but had its own issues. And then there was the Overlord games, which I think have d since died, because they were... I think the first one was good, and the second one was awful. Yeah. And that more or less spelled the end of it. Maybe they tried for a third, but I don't know. I don't think the Overlord games were ever Dungeon Keeper games, either. Those were Pikmin games. Oh, were they? I just, yeah, I, that was, that was I evil heard Pikmin. them compared. Okay. Um, but I... I guess dungeons, the dungeons games kind of sit between uh, pit, uh, Overlord and Dungeon Keeper because there's like a overworld uh, Warcraft 3 style gameplay where you're running around mm -hmm. with a horde of monsters and taking out objectives there because otherwise it's kind of hard to just have like dungeon defense be your goal because after a while you're just mm -hmm. like, you know, what do, what do we do? Mission accomplished, dungeon defended. <laughs> yeah, you have defended the dungeon. And honestly, I actually find myself wishing for that because there has yet to be a single mission where they just tell me, defend your dungeon. You know, it's always been like, go kill this racist dwarf uh, who abuses like dark elves or whatever. And Wait, I'm like, so okay. you're not evil? No, very evil. Just uh, slightly this ambiguous because evil is or good is also dicks. It's like Farquaad. Everybody <laughs> is Farquaad. Wait, what? It's like he's, he's lawful neutral. He's not quite lawful evil. But he is no, also it's, evil. It's very much evil. I'm burning burning whole towns to the ground and stuff like that. But, like, the good guys are, like, torturing people and, like, killing people that, you know, are just dark elves or whatever. Yeah. It, I mean, hasn't there always so been a story of... Yeah, pretty much. Typ typically, villainous uh, race is pigeonholed into one role, but they're actually not as bad as they are. And no, they're as bad as they are, it's just good, it's just also bad. Eventually things turn around so that the people that are fighting for good and righteousness See, that are would be impressive. That would be if the storytelling actually gave a shit, but this, this game kind of exists to have decently fun gameplay and to jam-pack as many memes and references in as possible. Memes? There yeah. it is. So I was instead of writing, what, I was wondering what the, what the tangential relationship was oh. here. Yeah. So um, this so conversation they, started with forty-two, and oh. I'm like, we're gonna get to yeah. it eventually. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So effectively, they hired the narrator from Stanley Parable, and they're like, okay, here's your script. It's like fifty percent memes, and the other fifty percent is references. Good luck. 
Okay, Yay. I guess maybe it's like 33% plot somewhere in there, too. Um, Apparently, but... off on my computer. Off. Oh, whoops. Oh, that explains that. Put it into... <laughs> that's, that's why I was probably talking over people and didn't even realize it. Um, we didn't notice. Yeah. So It's okay. I think within the first <gasps> 20, 20 to 30 minutes of the game, uh... The the narrator describes uh, the the main female character doing a kamehameha into the sky, but the the execution was just so cringeworthy. You have to groan at it, and that's pretty much the entire game. It's not bad, but it's one of those where you're like, no, it's bad. It's so bad you get used to it. It's like uh, the Stockholm syndrome of bad humor. Uh, it's like P- Paul Blart Mall Cop kinda. Oh. Uh. Yeah, uh, I actually rather like the game just because it's it's fun. I haven't played an RTS in a while, and this is one of those where you can just uh, chuck we, hordes of monsters at things and destroy things. All Blart, Mall Cop, we, RTS. We went, there's we went over in our World of Final Fantasy podcast about how I can't handle a game that just spams you with bad jokes and just uh, is relentless about it. I guess I'm in the week of, of stupid and dumb. You know, uh, Hat in Time... Dungeons 3, Holy Potatoes 3, uh, and there's one other game that I'm totally forgetting right now, but I've, I'm just being inundated with oh, games. Oh yeah, I looked at, I watched you play humor. Potatoes for about 30 seconds, and it was it's like, awful. Lo- it was Loki was making hashtag jokes, and I'm like, I'm done. Terrible as in, yeah, I'm out. It's, I, it's, what do you think of that game? Because I played it, and I didn't I'm really like it very much. It's... I don't know, Shell. I don't know what you're hearing. Um... Is which which holy potatoes did the you play, Bird? One. Okay, so the, what the, the hell? The, the go to hell one or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it it reminds me of Cook Serve Delicious, uh-huh. but without the stress currently. Uh, yeah, because you know it's kind of the same thing. Here's your customer. Here's what they want. Give it to them. Uh, oh, you didn't do it fast enough. Well, they don't like you now, and they leave, and you lose. Mm-hmm. Uh so I kind of appreciate that. Mainly, I think I just appreciate their games because they're very low brain power. Yeah. I can just kind of load them up, yuck, yuck for a little while, uh, and then move on. They're not very long. Uh, if they were... Oh, Holy Potatoes Weapon Shop was probably the best, mainly just because they actually had some depth of mechanics. The second one was decent, but it outstayed its welcome because it never changed anything. Uh, and it didn't really, like, vertically scale. And I can't really say much about this one, because I've only played about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, but it seems like it's probably going to be in the same vein of, you know, I'll play for about 10 episodes, and then I'll be done, and I never have to think about it again. And, I don't know, somewhere along the way, I actually have grown to kind of appreciate that. Because that mm. just means another series that I can put away and not have to worry about again. Okay. <laughs> Should we should we pause for technical support? No, it, it turns well. out that I just I just had to replug my audio cable in through both jacks, like the one that goes into my headphones and the one that goes into the computer. <sighs> okay. Sorry. Alrighty. Well, I guess it we don't need to pause. <laughs> it could have just twisted around. You know how that works, yeah. where sometimes it either cuts the sound or yeah. I guess Shell hasn't Shell hasn't heard the past like two minutes of conversation, but uh, yeah, that's how I ate <laughs> the whole thing. It was yep. uh, it was pretty spicy, but um, a whole it all baby. Out. Huh? Hey guys, I know you weren't talking about that. 
I, Look, no, Bird's explosive reentry into uh It shall literally hurt the entire conversation because uh, it was all of Wander talking in the room next yeah, to her. I know, Keith. I know, Keith. It was called the joke humor, and I was selling <laughs> no, one. You, you have it, to realize... It was a humor of joke. Keith oh, has God, surgically removed his... Throat. God, no. everything's going terrible for me. Keith, Keith surgically <laughs> removed his sense of humor to be more angry at video games. I mean... He had, oh, he had not, to make room I'm for all of that person. anger. One of the best audio um, cable glitches I had ever gotten was I was listening to uh, a soundtrack and it was like a lot of female vocals and uh -huh. somehow the audio cable twist, uh, twisted around in such a way that the main treble melody got taken out and I was only hearing all the harmonies and I'm like, wow, I actually love this song this way and I've never been able to replicate it since. Huh. I th it might have been a balancing thing where... It took the audio out of one ear and then not the other. Yeah, so then... that's probably what happened. A little yeah. weird. There is weird stuff where different territories of the audio are, are dealt with with different parts Finally. of the connection. So you can just flat out lose some of them. Like I've had someone oh, yeah. complain that my video didn't have commentary in it when it did. Mm -hmm. because, they, oh, yeah. because they were only hearing the game and not me. But that was because of their weird headphone connection that somehow managed I to separate it. I had an old CD player and it was so bad, like the connection was so awful that I could just, um, I could like wiggle the cable just a smidge mm -hmm. and it would let me hear the music, everything except for the, uh, the singing, which was really oh, nice weird. because <laughs> I didn't like the singing because I think it was like Britney Spears mm. and some other dude, but the actual background <laughs> stuff, it was one of the Pokemon soundtracks and like some of what? the songs were just downright obnoxious. There was a Britney Spears Pokemon song. Yeah, I think it was. What? I mean, this is this I, is like I ten year old me. They so. got nineties pop people to do yeah. Oh, so Pika, Pika. So that's the thing. Did you guys ever actually <laughs> sure they didn't just uh, put like "Work It, Bitch" on the theme song on the on the soundtrack for Pokemon? So, did you guys ever actually listen to any of the uh, the Pokemon soundtracks? No, they almost uh, no never featured <laughs> songs from the actual movies. They were just pop songs. I've never even seen the movies plural. Yeah. Really? Huh. For me that for me there's a Pokemon movie. Oh right, I forgot. I just Pokemon. saw the first one. I didn't see any of the others, yeah. yeah. Pokemon was not really part of your childhood. I saw the first one. It was. One in I a played the hell out of because... two of the Pokemon games and watched all of Pokemon original series in Johto and probably whatever came next. And that was it. I, I <laughs> saw the first Pokemon movie in a sling in third grade after falling on the playground playing Lion King <laughs> and breaking my collarbone, my clavicle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I had to see it in theaters. And my senior quote was actually one of Mewtwo's lines. The circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. So it is what you do with that life that determines who you are. She will see Except a, he was saying it in the Amiyuji voice. She will see a Mewtwo toy or something oh, I think in she's quoted it on the podcast before. Yeah, no, she yeah. probably has. Or probably yeah. one of our podcasty series, like... Uh, like oh yeah. When your when your parents came over for the first time, didn't I bring down my Mewtwo collection? Yes. And your mom was like, "Oh yeah, Carl had me make him a Mewtwo costume way back in his the day." His armor was kickass. I'm surprised that I wasn't just your response to meeting family. Is like, you should meet my family. It's like, where you were born does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> Look up Google image search Mewtwo quote porn or Mewtwo quotes. No, no. it's so funny just to no. see. No, no. <laughs> quote porn isn't actually porn shell, but like oh, it's, it's just pictures porn. of Mewtwo okay, I, or like fan art with like the quotation that Shell just said, like juxtaposed on the image. <laughs> <laughs> and like 
typography Sorry. with like randomly changing like sizes to make it all perfectly I, just just I, I sometimes wonder if shell just narrowly dodged the extreme sonic fandom bullet purely based on happenstance Luck. yeah yeah oh he was one of my first crushes as a child oh mewtwo not sonic oh, oh. Mew, not sonic no no mewtwo yeah oh. she liked them knobbly ass <laughs> fingers no. Oh, who wouldn't? Right? Yeah. And the yeah. weird, like, neck tubes and <laughs> the odd, uh... Yeah, what the hell is going on? Is he? Does he have, like, a pneumatic-powered skull? Why has he got, I... like, stuff, like, his spine Pokemon. comes out of, like, the top of his <laughs> I always had spine. the hardest... He's a psychic type, so I don't know. I always had the hardest time oh. with Mewtwo's design, because, uh, actually the manga kind of addressed this, that apparently Mewtwo is, like, hella frail. Uh, yeah. in actuality, and, like, He's physically... He's purely by psychic dumb. Yeah, if it, <laughs> if it weren't for, like, his, like, sheer psychic powers, he would actually just straight up die. And mm. I think, uh, in the, in the manga, at least, they had the... In the movies, he got pummeled by Giovanni, though. And it was hilarious because it was just Yami Yugi and Dark Bakura uh, arguing with funny. one another. Yeah, funny, he's punching that cancer patient. <laughs> <laughs> Like in the co- in the comic, they actually had the uh, apparently his like human component was the gym leader of Cinnabar Island, what that like old guy that kind of looked like Doctor Wily. But then I thought they retconned it so that he was like oh, cloned alongside that little girl, and I mean, he was actually I don't a baby know about at the one manga. point. Maybe no, this isn't the manga. This was another. Yeah, see, I'm talking. I'm talking about the manga. The manga. Baby Mewtwo is really cute. The manga is like the only thing I've uh, I I've really like exposed myself to in any like within the past twenty years. I mean, the games are the canon, right? Because they're the original. Uh, yeah. Manga is actually Brent like the, the shockingly ex- the good. expanded card game universe. <laughs> Isn't like the Yu Gi Oh manga amazing? And the Yu yeah, like everything uh, else Yu Gi Oh is like banal and stupid. <laughs> Actually, the manga is extremely dark, and you have people actually oh, yeah. killing them in those. Well, the the uh, Duel Monsters wasn't even like part of Yu Gi Oh originally. Uh, Duel Monsters got oh, like true. added later. They're it's, they're like, and it's when Yu Gi Oh starts to really suck. Yeah, it's actually really <laughs> funny how if you think about it, we call the card game Yu Gi Oh, but they can't call it Yu Gi Oh because it can't be named after Yu Gi because that wouldn't make sense. So it it is what Duel Monsters, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Yeah, the show prob- is called Yu-Gi-Oh, and then, like, several storylines in, eventually a card game called Duel Monsters showed up for a standalone episode thing, but then that eventually got too popular, so it became the entire next season, and then the rest of the show forever, and then several spin-off shows, and a real card game, and then for recognition, for recognition's sake, even though it makes no sense, they name the card game in real life after the show, which just makes <laughs> it more confusing, because in the universe, just- it's not... One of my Let's favorite. Just Google Yugi the Hedgehog. Oh my god! Oh, oh no. my god! This was worth doing. There's yeah. a lot to choose from, and it's there exactly was... what you would expect. It has to. Well, was... Yeah, the spikes would just be replaced with Yugi with Yugi's hair. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, search Kaiba the Hed- Hedgehog. See if we, see oh, if we can no. get some some oh, no. fanfic crossfic. Oh no! What's it? Seto Kaiba? Is that what his name yeah. was? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it's the shadow. It's a yeah, shadow of the hedgehog wearing pants and a coat. <laughs> wow, these are magic and stupid. Seto Kaiba the Hedgehog has three blue eyes, white dragons. Is someone also uh-huh. made up a Sonic the Hedgehog card? Yeah, yeah, that's not nearly as funny. 
Uh, I I do appreciate that at least one of one of the uh, the images on the on the list is actually like a legit creature that looks really stupid, but still. <laughs> oh, about, if hedgehog. I look up if I look up Joey the Hedgehog, I'm not going to find the right one. I found a picture of you the shadow of the Hedgehog hugging and or bleeding. Maybe knuckles. I can't find like Joey. Wait, maybe Joey, nah. Wheeler, Joey Wheeler the Hedgehog. Yeah, let's see if we get the whole thing in there. <laughs> Are you guys going to do this every episode? We talk about anytime we talk. Actually, we don't get any hedgehogs. I'm not seeing just, any hedgehogs. I think every podcast we've talked about like <laughs> hedgehog crossovers. Wait, I think there better not be right, a Mewtwo Shell. the Hedgehog. I don't even have to uh, do it anymore. Do it just happens on its own. <laughs> At this it's point, you guys are self-motivated to do this. Um, I think... No, there's no Mewtwo the Hedgehog, though there are some pretty good yes, there analogs. Is. Oh, wait. No, there aren't. No, I'm not... Huh. There's I mean, Mewtwo there's... versus Shadow. There's a lot of that. I think it's because they appeared in Super Smash Brothers, so... Yeah, it's... It's just it's them SEO existing in the same universe. It's safe a little bit just because of... God, Sonic oh. was the most boring Smash Brothers character. Wasn't he, he, like, he was impossible. Every single move you yeah. used was another version of him doing a spin ball and hitting someone. Mm-hmm. Or that's, or that's the only like thing they could weird. animate was him spinning. I, I just mm-hmm. remember it being so unruly that you would more likely kill yourself. Oh yeah, no, I killed myself actually. with it. I, I I that was still when I was like, okay, Sonic is kind of a cool character, and I was glad that he had been added. And I was like trying to play him, and I kept dying. And I'm like, I just you know, found him staggeringly this. boring because everything. Yeah, was he a didn't spin have ball. an interesting move set. Have at you all, all seen? That video where they took the model of Princess Peach and gave her the moveset yes. and the spine of Sonic. Oh, dude, uh, dude, look up uh, so awesome. Luigi, Luigi plus DK. Oh man, <sighs> Luigi right. Donkey Kong moveset. Yeah, so for people who don't know, um, it, you can basically swap out the moveset on any, yeah. on any uh, model. And was it, it called Brawl grossing. Minus or Brawl Plus? I don't know. It like grossly messes up their like their their model, and they look like grotesque horror monsters. I got like the wrong Princess Peach result. will have like Uh-oh, she has like he probably got a Peach claws. XDK thing. No, I got or... Prince Sonic and Princess Peach. Sonic is in love with Princess Peach now, and he's an Arcanine. Oh, is that by oh, uh... wait, an Arcanine? Oh, it has uh, almost nineteen thousand views. <laughs> Is that the uh, is that is, the one that Danny was reading out loud during? Uh, oh, is it a fanfic? No, it's just music playing with a bunch of pictures of Princess Peach and Son and Arcanine with all of his like stripes colored blue. I don't think there's oh. a single picture of Sonic in this. <laughs> huh. It's Wait, just Prince Sonic makes... is apparently an Arcanine for some reason, and it's like why it's just Sonic every picture of Arc. It's like every different anime picture of Arcanine, but like they painted over all of his black stripes with blue with like Microsoft Paint. And there's like no context to it. It's and it's just alternating between pictures of Princess Peach and Princess uh, oh, pictures of uh, Sonic Arcanine, and that's the whole video for six and a half minutes of one song playing in the background with that description. I don't understand what other people use YouTube for. <laughs> I'm so con- I'm, I get really confused. I mean, people I really know, love man. AMVs. Like, like I recently discovered food review channels where they just go to fast food places and eat it in their car, and then they get a following on YouTube for doing. That? Oh, I've heard of people doing that where they like they'll do it with like In and Out. Like that one's really popular for some reason. SonicTheWolf.WMV. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's uh, there's Fox. What have you found, there's... Wander? 
Is that I, a Mario with a Mario Sonic Mario with, I think, Sonic, but I, I'm having trouble deciding. But Sonic, but they made us like Sonic. Longer. Mario just has crazy bonitis. I can't. Oh, wait. Uh, SSBP oh, move swap code. Sonic. Oh, oh <laughs> Captain Falcon Sonic. It's a horror. Whoa. <laughs> head whoa. Really oh, my Dude. God. These are oh so weird God. looking. <laughs> Fall. So, so it's a bad Fox Wolf doesn't really look well, too yeah, bad. because they have yeah. some, they're very similar. Well, I mean, bodily. effectively, Wolf was a uh, reskin, yeah, kind of reskin yeah. with slightly unique moves. <laughs> King Day 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 Peach is hilarious. Oh, he's God. like using his like hammer like very flamboyantly and like spinning it around behind Dude. him and stuff. Olimar. Dude, go to Did about two like- minutes in. <gasps> no, no, Marlamar. Marlamar no. is amazing. They're I'm so not looking tiny. at that one. Wait, am I? I don't know. They look like babies. Uh, Pikadorf. Pikadorf <laughs> is hilarious because he's super tall. And I think we're looking at the same video. <laughs> I think I found it. Let me go ahead and paste this in so that everyone can. Oh, yeah, oh. You're, you're, we are watching Actually, the same video. Actually, he pasted video. it to you. Yeah. Oh, man, though. Oh, man, though. I wasn't ready for Peach Kirby. That one's scary. Kirby. Uh, Pure oh, B no. is 726. Oh, wait, it's 726 wait. in. Don't skip ahead. Go to the three minute with Lucario with somebody else's moveset. He just T-posed swings just around. T-posed. Like a weird, oh. weird <laughs> weapon. T-posed uh, dancing. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, what is what is the Captain Falcon one at, at three minutes? Is it Falcario? Falcario. Captain uh, Falcario looks amazing because he's all squashed down. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh! So this has now just become a uh, a, a, react, a, yeah, a podcast React channel. This quickly so. became the most un, like weirdly unfollowable podcast of like what Sorry. is happening. Sorry, we're just doing a let's react at this point. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah, we're the latest partners of React World. Oh no! Okay, let's let's top this all off. With a screen cap, or no, it's just a screen cap of Peach as Kirby. And <laughs> I want to we'll see the just like, Kirby. I'm getting there. I'm just watching Logabar do his whatever. Here we are. Here's Peach's Kirby. I pasted it into Discord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does she have like a dick? Oh, that's her shoe. <laughs> <laughs> that is her shoe. Oh my god, she does have a dick. Whoa. Hey. I didn't realize this. That's Kirby wrong. is terrifying. Oh, God. Okay, Keith, when you edit this, you need to just, like, you're going to have a real fun time trying to make this all make sense. <laughs> yeah, you know you know, you know, what the easy way to make it make Her sense is? Are- you're going to delete all it. of this. <laughs> <laughs> just skip right past it. <laughs> then it makes perfect sense. It's a damn shame because this is magic shit. All right, whatever. Oh, man. All righty. Oh. What were we talking about before I ruined the podcast? I'm not, not going to post somebody else's YouTube video on the so, end of my yeah. video. No. Uh so uh let's 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 switch topics seeing as that one is uh is in the is in the death. So uh, we were talking about bin. the dungeon thing and then somehow well, we were I mean I was about talking Pokemon about bad dumb jokes. and then Sonic because I Okay, a, let's talk about games. Cuphead go. It is a video game. The end. Okay. Moving <laughs> on. It's a it's weird. It's really glitchy. Which has been a surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, not always in major ways, but, like, 
yeah, like I've on, I've seen on my playthrough and other people's playthroughs, the game just freezes sometimes, which yeah. is obviously tragic. Yeah, I've seen that happen to lots. There's of an people. ongoing problem where if you take damage, your controller vibrates, and then it'll vibrate forever until you mm-hmm. take damage oh. again, and oh. you can't turn vibration off in anywhere in the settings for some reason. Oh. But they had the forethought to make you let it so you can customize the controls uh entirely which is nice uh which is good because the default controls are bad <laughs> i don't know a single person who uses the default controls because they only use face buttons and no triggers but like oh mm. in a game where you sh- probably want to just be shooting 100 percent of the time like making like left trigger your shoot button for example so you can just hold it thoughtlessly forever is like a no-brainer so like the mm. first thing you do when you play cuphead is just manually bind all the controls from scratch instead of using any of the defaults which exclusively use face buttons which of course means like if you're heading like if you're hitting A or X to shoot or whatever, then then every time you jump or switch weapons or do any action ever, you're stopping shooting and stuff like that if you use face buttons, unless you're doing some weird like cross button thumbing or something like that, which is way too complicated for a controller that has triggers. <laughs> uh I've been having fun with it, but it's like brutally hard. Like it is pure trial and error pattern recognition. Like you just are you go into every boss doomed to fail, and then you have to just learn from trial and error what all the in- ins and outs are of the boss and their patterns. And almost mm-hmm. every time you get to a new phase, you're often doomed to fail that phase because you need to learn the phase by dying to it, essentially. Then beat, rebeat the previous phases to get to the new phase, and some of the bosses have five phases, which the phases have... themselves are short, but they're, they're just brutal. Like, so much stuff yeah. can be happening yeah. at once. I have to wonder to myself sometimes, like, you know, making your boss is very puzzly oriented and you go in and you have to like figure them out can be really fun. But the way that you make that really work is if you borrow mechanics from boss to boss so that you can recognize like, oh, they're about to do this, even though you've never seen them before. Like, otherwise, that's what you know, Dark Souls this is does. a thing like, that I've only been like, forming pretty recently. Like, it's like the Dark Souls thing where like Dark Souls will have a recurring thing where a boss will like crouch down and glow a bit and like as if mm-hmm. energy is being brought in and you know the, that means they're going to explode. Yeah. yeah. And like that's universal throughout the boss ga- all the different Dark Souls games for example. Mm-hmm. But every uh, boss still feels Cuphead like fresh and they have their own have movesets that. and stuff. Mm-hmm. The only consistent thing in Cuphead is that if anything is pink ever that means you can parry it because there's a parry yeah. button. <laughs> uh, mixed feelings on that at times. Uh, it looks really awkward reviving your allies because it's super unforgiving. It's yeah. like, here's a boss. You only have four HP. You're down to one. Your ally right. is dead. You only have here's three a big damage points. zone you can't get past. This is a game where you well, only you can, get you three can get hit an item points. that gives you more HP, but it's a noob trap, right? And it like every, every makes item it so that gives, you stop doing damage. Every item that makes you get more hit points reduces your damage and also takes up that slot that could have been a useful thing to equip instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's kind of a trap, whereas you kind of, you kind of just need to learn the fights. But yeah, like you, if you're playing co-op, your co-op partner will turn into a ghost when they run out of hit points and drift up the screen. And there's a relatively smart system there where the more times you die, the faster you drift up each time, so that eventually it becomes mm-hmm. nearly impossible to save you after a certain number of times. Uh, and this sounds like it would break the game, like it sound like the the sheer amount of leniency you get in co-op with being able to revive each other over and over and over again admittedly with only one hit point uh feels like it'd be like a dark Souls style like difficulty like obliterator because like dark Mm -hmm. souls has an ongoing thing where like unless there's a staggeringly hard boss almost everything is like a sleepwalk when you go into co-op 
Like we, mm-hmm. there was like when we played Dark Souls three in co op. Like there were so many bosses where like that was my day when I got to that boss. Like I had to just learn the thing ins and outs and spend all day on it and practice and practice and then we would beat it in one try. And it would be like, well, there goes the hardest boss in the game. You you'll have to believe me. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and the ones that turned out to be hard were almost weird contradictions, like the like the sages and stuff like that. They were like weird gimmick fights that weirdly subvert. The difficulty curve that you would expect from single to, to multiplayer. Uh, but in Cuphead, co-op does not stack things in your favor. As far as I can tell, it actually is actively harder than playing single player. Mm-hmm. And the main reason for that is that in a two-dimensional side-scrolling shooter game like Metal Slug, whenever a hazard happens that's supposed to hurt the characters in a like against a during a boss fight, that's often like a screen spanning damage source, right? Yeah. So, like, let's say the boss has twice as much health, because I don't know how much health they have, but it feels like they have actually, like, straight up twice as much, as opposed to, like, 30% more or whatever Dark Souls does. Uh, That means you need to be shooting him twice as much, but the issue is that every time hazards happen, you're, like, getting diverted away from shooting the targets because you're dealing with avoiding all the different hazards, But and every single hazard could potentially hurt both of you at the same time. So despite the fact that you have to deal twice as much damage to the boss. Oftentimes, one attack can do exactly as much damage as it used to to your side of the thing because it can hurt mm-hmm. both of you at the same time. And often it just turns into such a scramble of trying to keep each other alive while trying to slowly wear down a boss that where every single phase takes twice as long that it actually, in my experience, everyone seems to have an easier time just playing it solo than in co-op despite how many things seem to be on your side in the, in the co-op setup. I have yet to watch a solo playthrough but I've watched a ton of co-op playthroughs, and everybody, everybody is getting murdered. Yeah. Just getting destroyed by that game in co-op. Playing it solo feels almost like it's not the point, because, like, the cover of the game, like, the start screen has two characters dancing around, and the cut, all yeah. the cutscenes have two characters in them, and, like, there's a mechanic taught to you in the tutorial about how to play co-op that seems to imply mm-hmm. that you should, like, co-op is the point. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, oh yeah, this, this like they like it's a ma- it's mandatory that you learn that mechanic in the tutorial. See, that's interesting even to though me. you don't have to play uh, co-op in the first place. That, that's interesting to me, and I agree that the marketing really makes it seem like it should be co-op. But when you really pay attention to the gameplay and you look past the marketing, it's clear that like co-op was just kind of tacked on as an afterthought and balanced like really weirdly. So the number one time that comes into play is mm-hmm. actually during uh, all of the what I think are the weakest part of the game, the, uh, the run and gun segments. Yeah. Cause there's the, those, there's the boss fights that are clearly the point And originally uh-huh. were the only thing. Then there's these run and gun levels where they're like, we'll add levels to the game because if pe- if he, if we can say there's levels in the game, people will buy it and be less afraid of buying it, I guess. Right. No, it looks like you're talking about the ones that are just like, they look like the mega man stages. Yeah. There's like side scrolling yeah. levels where you have to try to get to the end. Yeah, and quickly, like all the chaos of the visuals that normally applies to all the other levels becomes more problematic because you're now scrolling the screen, whereas in every mm-hmm. other, in every other boss fight, like the screen never moves. Oh it's stationary. yeah, and so then you saw oh, that yeah. thing where like people, if you move too fast, especially if it's an auto scroller, your partner can die and stuff. I've seen that get lots of people. Yeah, yeah. You have how weird do they tether like, them together? Oh, they don't. It's, it's just if you it's, move it's the screen too fast, they stick die together. Yeah, you just I have to stick awful. together. Wander no, and I no. were huh? so like the issue. The issue it gets into for the co-op to finish the thought is just that like, uh, 
what it, what what becomes a problem is that when you play a side-scrolling shooting game, there's often like a specific like time to kill for enemies. Like enemies mm-hmm. charging you, you hold the attack button, and if you were hit, if you were shooting them the moment they started coming after you, you'd usually kill them before they reach you, right? That's mm-hmm. like how Metal Slug and every other game works. Ever is like there's like a certain pacing that makes sense for how vulnerable enemies should be to fighting you. Uh, in this game, we've we've we quickly realized this because I would like bow out, I would like remove player two, and then and Andrew would play alone, and then I'd come back in, and we could very easily observe this that like. If an enemy charges you from the off, off screen and comes at you and you're and you're shooting him, he'll die in single player. In co-op, he'll reach you before he dies. Like mm. every because even the normal enemies even are, are buffed, buffed up for co-op uh. health. Even though on average they'll usually be fighting being fought by one guy because that's how you would logically play co-op. So it it and then on top of that, there's like destructible platforms there's platforms that destroy after you that that get blown up after you uh step on them or there's an enemy attack that will like target you and destroy mm-hmm. the platform you're on as a result and like a bunch of movement puzzles where the that, that are all clearly designed around a single player experience where the moment you but- had a second person you just can't do like you, it doesn't work as well so it's like in order to play any of the side scrolling levels in co-op you essentially have to always shoot the same enemy at the same time while standing in the same place and basically be like pacific rim like like drifting like you have to be in the, you have to be the same person somehow because every mm-hmm. time you deviate from each other in any way you're you're screwing each other over and you will be worse off than you would be single player it's it's weird balancing strange yeah yeah cuz if you yeah it's like those levels where you only have so many blocks of ice or else you fall into the water but if you're both using different squares yeah Eventually, they all get depleted. It also absolutely <laughs> requires that specific brand of patience for boss fights that I don't know anyone else that has. <laughs> so I don't have any options to play it with that aren't going to be frustrated with it. <laughs> Andrew has been mad. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's actually... I- we had considered it, but then we're like, no, no it's going to ruin everything. You you had mentioned it. People had suggested it. <laughs> That's the end of and, the consideration. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, no, <laughs> there's no way we are playing that and having a good time. I know. No. I, I know. No. I, I, get frustra- <laughs> I get frustrated with myself for We tried down playing and Lovers then... in a Dangerous Space Time, and by the end of it, we were yelling at each other. If and we can't handle to, and that. And that's supposed we... to be casual by comparison. Yeah. Well, that yeah, this, was because uh, we were doing, we were trying to control a ship with four different components, and it was awkward. It, I'd like to try it in four player. Yeah, four but... player would definitely be easy with that one because then everyone would just have their own role. Switching between different, uh, I think, what was it with the engines? You had to scoot in different directions. We had to do some and... stuff. It was a pain. Yeah. Dang. It was fun though. Yep. Uh just trying to run away from like bombs that are like destroying whole chunks of the level <laughs> with two people, one of which is like juggling shields and shooting, and it just was yeah. I think that fun hard. Like when I was looking at Cuphead and trying to determine just based off of you know, I'm gonna look at the Steam store page and like suss out like is this a good game or not. If a game says that it, if a game advertises itself as like emphasis on boss fights. I immediately become pretty wary because, mm-hmm. like, 
that usually just means that anything that's not a boss fight is going to feel like filler. And from what I can tell, looking at things that are not boss fights in Cuphead, they, they're they not poorly designed, but they feel like it's just like they don't teach you the mechanics of the game, right? I mean, they definitely like, feel like filler. A lot they're, of, they're incredibly yeah. tiny levels. And yeah, there's also and a lot of, literally more boss fights than, than, than run and gun levels. Yeah. In a lot and of I games would... that are run and gun platformers, the level will teach you mechanics that you then use in the boss fight. And that's really well designed. And in Cuphead, the level is just like, okay, you're going to just like run forward for a little while. And then it has almost no relation to anything that actually occurs in the boss fight. So I, I've got something else they did weird there, which is that yeah. uh, at first it looks like the run and gun levels are optional. Mm-hmm. Because you the whole mis- the whole thing is that you like made a deal with the devil and now you have to collect these people's souls, which is why you have to do all the right. boss fights. Right. Uh but you quickly encounter these like Chronicles of Mistara looking like Capcom D and D uh like item stores. And oh. the only way to get money in this game is the run and gun levels. Every mm. run and gun level has five coins in it that you have to collect manually in a successful run, and that's the only source of money in the entire game. So if you want to get any of the different types of shots or uh, the like lower health, higher dam or lower damage, higher health thing, or there's one that lets you parry, uh, get your first parry for free every time you jump and mm-hmm. a bunch of other different variations. Like a, there's a, there's a, uh, there's one that makes your, your dodge dash have invincibility frames cause you, t- cause you disappear. Like there's tons of options there. But you can only get them by doing the less good running gun levels, <laughs> which is like a bummer. And the ones that you're good at too. So and that like... and that quickly became an issue because like we in one of the running gun levels there was one where like these ladybug roly poly looking things are like going around and they'll they'll be bouncing up and down the inside of this log that we're playing in, and <laughs> there's this giant there's clearly a gold coin floating in the air higher than you can jump towards. And you're supposed uh-huh. to, so you're supposed to, there's one ladybug in the group, or really poly in the group that's pink, and you're supposed to catch that with a parry in midair to get to the coin. But uh, if you're playing yeah. in co-op, the scrolling speed of the screen gets weird if you're not perfectly in sync and perfectly working at the, sp- at the exact pace the game expects you to walk at, which which offsets the physical placement of the spawn of the roly poly that's bouncing through the hallway so that it'll like go, it'll be either come by too early before you can ever catch it, or it'll actually be physically out of sync with the location of the coin like it like yeah, visibly so. breaking in co-op i'm like how did this happen it's a local co-op how do you get a desynchronization issue <laughs> well it's because it'll be it'll be tied to like the screen scrolling as opposed to the character right. position and if you're like splitting, right. if you're like not quite standing in the same place then it leads to the screen being located strangely when you're not playing single oh, player um so let's go say that you have your character standing at the center of the screen and your friend is standing at the center of the screen with you, the camera centered. But if they were to scoot to the right, would the screen slightly go to the right to sort of hit the median where the two characters are standing apart from one another? Is it like that? Um, I don't actually I know. Can, How does that work? I'm trying to So the check. camera imagine yeah. if the character focus like, imagine if the camera focuses on the space between your two characters. Like the the camera moves about as intuitively as you expect it to, but the issue is that like you 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 can't just like remember how it works without playing it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching my own video to try to look at it and and see what it looks like, and it it kind of seems like the center of the screen is kind of averaging between the two of yeah. you, 
but yeah, also like was, but also yeah. like whoever's moving forward like it has to follow them so if like i think somebody moves forward too fast the person behind can be left off the screen because the screen doesn't zoom because it's a 2d game mm-hmm. and it's all like that's all the that's all the drawing there is i can't zoom out uh right. and it definitely leads to a problem where like if one of you is slight like like there's constantly holes because it's a platformer in the running gun level so you're jumping over a hole but like there'll be like a woodpecker or bouncing hazard or just something will be like around the hole that makes the timing of the jump weird so you have to like time when you're going to jump for it which means which always leads to co-op splits where one of you already went for it and the other one's still going for their their time to make the jump Uh, which leads to the screen being averaged around you guys which leads to like the guy that's ahead being vulnerable of maybe stuff coming at them from the forward direction of the level because they can't see ahead of themselves constantly to people playing the game like I, I honestly don't think I really ever have, really even really have fun playing the side-scrolling levels where I generally am like up for the rest of the game. Dang. And, uh, there's also the, there's also a little bit of the Fury effect, which is that uh, when I started playing Fury, I liked that it was like the, I liked the melee system and the parry system, and I liked like the occasional like boom, snap out a little like pistol shot at that guy when in vulnerable moments and stuff like that. But then like. Some of the later Fury boss fights were like kind of shoot 'em up, like bullet hell scenarios where you're dodging around giant amounts of bullets and you're kind of can only shoot back and not and can't melee fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a similar tone to that, like there are, uh, as far as I can tell so far, we're two worlds in and it looks like every world is going to have one shoot 'em up level where you're playing. Mm-hmm. So, like in a game, so now, so like the, the game has these really tight side-scrolling fights i mean i mean not side-scrolling uh 2d fights where it's just you and your friend standing in one screen while a boss goes all over the screen and has all these patterns and moves but also once per like there's like four of those per world but then two running gun fights and one shoot 'em up boss fight or like the running guns are straight up like this game was not made for this and it's kind of blatant and then the side the whereas the uh the shoot 'em up parts are, are more like this is just not what i wanted <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily not designed around it. It's just I didn't really want to be become a plane and start playing like Ikaruga all of a sudden because mm-hmm. I'm bad at that. Now, I'm, how did things like Kirby's Epic Yarn and the Super Smash Brothers Brawl co-op? How did that their cameras function, or did it just keep everything on the screen? Huh? And both I don't know anything about those out. games, but also I know yeah. Kirby's um, supposed to be like mindlessly easy and yeah. Well, Kirby's so it Epic matter. Yarn. You actually cannot lose. You don't. You don't have a health bar. The only thing that happens is you lose your goodies. So you mm-hmm. lose cash. Um, what were the other games? Brawl. I was just thinking of like because those are Brawl co-op games weird. that have a lot of side scrolling, and I'm just trying to think of how their cameras dealt with everything. I remember that when we tried to play the third Spyro game that had come out more recently on the Wii. And they actually had it as part of the plot that your characters are connected by some kind of mystical collar system. And it's almost like a rubber band. You can stretch a certain way, but then you have to get dragged back. It was hella awkward. It was really hard to platform with that. That sounds really, really weird. Or it could be like Sonic Mania, which is um, hilarious. Have you ever tried to watch anybody attempt to co-op Sonic Mania? I did it. How? Oh, it was me. I did the. I did it. How? Well, I attempted it. That didn't succeed. Uh, I was gonna say like no. It, yeah, Sonic I played Mania. The- literally, just if you're playing a Sonic and Tails, the camera was only on Sonic, 
and yeah, Tails we, we, is screwed. We played the entire <laughs> game as Sonic and Tails, where I was Sonic and Andrew was Tails, and he would just be like Doppler affecting past the screen from time to time, like ah, yep. ah. <laughs> yeah, and he would just like, like Sonic will just like suddenly zoom spin dash away or like touch a spring and be gone, and then oh, yeah. Tails won't have done that. So Sonic and Tails co op is miserable. It's actually <laughs> legitimately bad. It's the one yep. thing that pe- that most people usually don't argue with me on, no matter how much they're a Sonic fanboy, is how stupid 2D side-scroller Sonic co-op is. Because on top of... And they uh, kept that exactly the same for yeah, Sonic Mania. Well, that's because Sonic Mania <laughs> is a slavish recreation of everything nostalgic people like with no attempts to like iterate that's on the true. bad parts they at didn't... all. And I appreciated that in a lot of ways. There were some moments where I was like, oh, come on, this is intentionally a pain in the ass, but I remember <laughs> it being that as a kid, so I can totally understand this. Yeah, with, <laughs> what, was, what was rough is that, like, what, what I didn't realize until I actually held the controller at one point is that in Sonic Mania co-op, it's not just mm-hmm. that the camera doesn't follow Tails, it's that Tails can't control himself most of the time. Yes, the vast majority of the time is spent with with Tails slowly hovering onto the screen. And yep. logically, you think like, oh, Tails is on the screen now. I guess my friend must be able to play as him now. It's like, no. no. You have to wait for Tails to slowly helicopter land onto some safe platform that it deems necessary, like a, mm-hmm. like a SimCity NPC or something like that. And then once the game graciously decides that Tails can finally land in a game about going fast, he will finally get to, like uh, 0.2 <laughs> seconds of control before he go- he's off camera again. Like, it's oh. it's a total wasted effort. Co-op Sonic Mania is just a process of single player with occasional, I'll stand still long enough for you to spawn so you can lift me up. <laughs> yeah. So Andrew's yeah. entire job was to carry me places every now and then because I couldn't figure out how to get up to it. <laughs> for a whole playthrough. That is very accurate. One of the worst little brother modes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> So do you guys think that one of the best ways to do side-scrolling camera is just um, both players have the full run of the screen, but as soon as someone goes off, they both get teleported to the edge? Uh, no. no, that's too, so no. jarring. It is too jarring? Yeah, just split screen works. Split screen. <laughs> I think part of it is it, it depends on the game. With Sonic, you need split screen. You can't. You yeah. cannot share a camera because it's Bubbling too fast is the go-to the solution now. Bubbling. Yeah, bubbling works that? great. Yeah, uh, it's a. They used it in New Super Mario Brothers. U. They used it in Super Mario 3D World. And they used it in the Rayman the Legends. First, the I Rayman the games. The first now. instance of uh, bubbling was actually uh, Lego Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played a lot of Lego S- Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, they, they started but... the process, and it looks really nice. So what does that do? Uh, effectively, when you're on the same screen, it's uh, it is you know. It is, you know, you sharing a screen. But if you start to stretch away from you or like each other. It pans out. It well, it pans out and then splits. And then eventually you have I remember that happening now that I think about it. Okay. Or thinking of a dynamic split screen. It looks really nice. It's definitely Uh, the best approach. Yeah, we're thinking uh, of different things. Because you get the benefits of both, where if you're close together, you're on a single screen. And if you're far away, you're on a split screen. It's so what I what I was talking about is that there's a lot of platformers now where if you get left behind, you literally your character is placed in a bubble and you float after oh, everybody to catch up with them, bad. like tails essentially, and then you pop the bubble to start playing again. Yeah, I, but that's how tails works, works, and tails is sad. Yeah, that it's works like that tails, work. except it's fast. Yeah, that, like, that's the know, thing. There's, there's no there's AI the trying to find a landing point. It's literally like the bubbled party member will just 
in in like 0.3 seconds like drip like float straight towards another player and that player can pop them or the person can press a to start playing again mm-hmm. just to st- just to deal with the idea of that them they were literally left off the camera <laughs> but is that that sounds pretty much the same as just having them appear with everyone else on the other screen but at the edge no I don't know. yeah it's kind of well. You don't. It's not at the edge. It's like with that I, other player. I just always found it awkward because sometimes like the camera would jerk and then everybody but one person would die, and it's just like, yeah. uh, why, no. why do you do this? <laughs> yeah, you can't have a spontaneous spawn point without any interaction because then the people will just fall off cliffs. Because yeah, I I had that with uh, Rayman Legends. We I'd play a co-op with uh, my friends back before I started doing YouTube. And uh, there were a couple of, like, jumps where you'd hit, like, a bounce pad and kill the rest of the party. Mm. Uh, I was always a little bit grumpy about that. But then again, I was also mm. the one on the on the gamepad most of the time, so it didn't even matter to me. God, it's weird uh, thinking that game's that old already. Yeah. yeah. We it's already a have fun game, though. We already haven't had a single new Rayman game for your entire YouTube career. <laughs> yep. Jesus. Yeah, I... Ubisoft, I, man. Rayman I saw you and Andrew... So good. I watched yeah. you and Andrew playing that uh, early on in my channel, and I was like, I want to play that. And then I found <laughs> out you guys were in California. I'm like, well, fuck that. <laughs> and then you came to California. <laughs> yeah. But we played Dragon's Crown again, uh, instead, which apparently is coming to PS4 with online multiplayer. So things. Mm. Anyway. That game sure is Chronicles of Mistara. Yep. But long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And with Odin Sphere art. Now with loot grinding. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. Any game that has loot grinding in it, if I can't, like, just pull out Cheat Engine and just, like, kind of soften it a little bit, I just get so annoyed nowadays. Except for all those games where that's your whole drive to play it and you uh, can't get right. enough of like, it forever. Warframe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's currently playing it now. I'm, I'm currently playing it now. I was going to say. Uh, I was going to say, Wander's probably complaining about the constant of loot grinding while literally loot grinding in the background. <laughs> and you see, I... Haven't you I, been playing Warframe all morning, Wander? Uh, He's been playing Warframe I, I played Warframe six hours for about, a day no. while things rendered. Well, I've been stuff. streaming Warframe. <laughs> I haven't been playing it uh, off-camera because I've been playing it on-camera. That too. Um, But they, they had their, like, open-world expansion. Weren't uh, you going to tell them about uh, Shadow of War? Uh, eh... I mean, there's really not much to say about that game. It's just it was Shadow not of Mordor. Well. Yeah, except for also it- Shelob turned into a seductress lady, and I was Ooh. like, "What? What? What? What's Shelob doing?" In <laughs> yeah, so a human so Shelob turns into like Dark Galadriel. Even does the same like she does the same the same beginning intro. voice thing. Yeah, the same intro, and then then makes both the main characters of the uh, the Shadow of Blank. Uh, series into pissy bitches, and that's when I lost interest. <laughs> well, she steals their ring. Yeah, she she steals their one ring to rule them all, and then they hate each other after that, and are like blaming each other for everything. And I'm just like, I've lost interest in they this. They were trying real to fast. help a besieged city called um, what was it? Was it minus Idril? And it actually ends up being minus Morgul, uh, in the Lord of the Rings, which is the stronghold of the mm. Ring race that. Sam and Frodo walk by. Yeah. It was I don't know. I mean, so Shadow of Mortar, so I only fall. I only played about two hours of it because one, getting started late, two, performance issues, and three, just not that interested anymore. Um it really just felt like Shadow of Mortar 2, but 
with he extra. He forgot about Snafu. I don't care, Shell. But <laughs> he was one of the orcs. You're strong, you're strong arming me into a podcast topic, and I'm trying to talk about it. And then you're strong arming me on what to talk well, about. You been, talk about the. the everyone's been talking about how how they. I mean, I I agree with it that it's it's a it's definitely detrimental to have the whole. You know, if you buy more things, you can get through the game a tad easier. Well, what there's they a whole dedicated out? screen where they ask for your real money while a weird goblin man miserly rubs his hands together greedily <laughs> for your really? money. Yeah. Oh, really? Because oh. that's the loot box screen is this this one dude like greedily like, yes, more money. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, <laughs> like there's no irony there, WB. Wait, so what do you buy? Do you buy super special weapons? No, you buy... Or... You remember Fortnite loot boxes? Oh. Yeah. What a surprise that. that the publisher that put out that completely unplayable port uh, of the PC version of the last Batman game and just thought they'd get away with say, it might be unethical. I was going to say, isn't this game? the next uh, Arkham Knight? Oh, really? Arkham Knight had that in it? Oh, well, it didn't have, it didn't have mechanic, but it had horrible, horrible oh, yeah. performance it, issues. It still has performance issues. I, I mm -hmm. will give them credit. I, I mean, I saw, I saw Wonder Stream Arkham Knight, and it looked like a slideshow. Like, it was literally, it like, was just awful. freezing yeah. every two seconds over and over again. And it was like, this This is a real situation. I'm, I'm amazed that you liked that game enough to, like, see it all the way through the end with how much of a disaster, like, the streaming experience was because so, of, like, he A, really likes Batman. I know, minute, and then like Which towards weird, the end of it, there were like so the many people. Batman games. There were so many people coming into your streams just to spoil the story, and I was like, "Oh God, this is <laughs> like a nightmare." <laughs> yeah, that was, I think, kind of the perfect storm for why I try hard not to play like popular AAA games anymore, uh -huh. if possible. I mean, obviously, like, it doesn't always work that way, but I find, like, with JRPGs, people almost never spoil it. Um, but if it's, like, That's good. a really popular AAA game with, like, some kind of story or something, people will, like, instantly try spoiling everything. Um, like, for Persona, I made it to the very end of the game, and the only person that spoiled anything was myself, because I kept guessing the plot <laughs> uh, correctly. And that was weird. Um, it happens. I mean, when you've seen enough media, I got to like to I got to like a random cutscene, and I'm like, this this guy's the last boss, and <laughs> two people in my audience is like, stop reading the wiki, and I'm like, no, you don't get it. It's so obvious. He's the last boss. <laughs> is that the, <laughs> and the, was the, the last the boss. detective guy? No, uh, no, he was actually no. just a random mid boss. Whatever I, happened to him anyway? Like I saw the like I, that whole thing where he was like, like so, how does it feel to be like the what are they called the Phantom Thieves? And then everyone was like, no. Effectively, uh, so Persona spoilers, if anybody actually cares. Um, effectively, you get, uh, there's like this boy detective. He's like so beautiful and perfect and everybody loves him. He's immediately kind of played up to be kind of your foil. He's like tracking you down and he's like, you and know. And he and this politician have about a 10 minute Plus yeah. long conversation where they're so, just like uh -huh. you like to jump ahead. Let me finish. So okay. they play. Wait, you're this actually going to talk about that? Yes. Okay. Uh so they play this entire plotline up that this guy is going to like discover you, and what ends up happening is actually really early on in the process he finds out who you are because you have a talking cat, and only people that can go into uh, the metaverse, the like uh, human subconscious, can hear this talking cat, and he hears the talking cat wanting pancakes, and he reacts to that. 
and um and it's apparently it's a huge plot point later on where that's how they figure out he's like a lying sack of shit um but so he's more or less spending the entire day game being friends with the entire party and being like super coy uh because uh because he knows the the phantom thieves and he's just waiting for his like perfect opportunity to uh betray them and betray them he does obviously you know he joins the party for a little bit he more or less forces his way into the party it's kind of like um what's a good example i don't know uh kind of like it, it, yuffie except for not endearing because hmm. didn't yuffie like kind of force her way into the party in final fantasy 7 yes yeah you yeah could, you could uh recruit her early or something but wasn't uh, there an X-Men character that joined and then betrayed everyone? Many. Probably. All of them. Yeah, there are so them. many. <laughs> X-Men, yeah. I mean, if Cyclops betrays the X- X-Men, then everybody ends up betraying the X-Men at some point. <laughs> um, but so uh in uh so he joins the party and it's like super smart and he's like kind of the perfect party member and he's like immediately ousting everybody. Except for the main character who like he Ousting as in Well like Every character that, like, has kind of provided a unique service until now, like, intuition or skills or whatever, he can do it. He's He really is the self-insert character, which is hilarious because, you know, the main character is that. Um, But anyway, so he wiggles his way onto the party and almost immediately the entire uh, several cutscenes start going silent. Uh, And characters will be talking to each other, but you can't hear them. And there's, like weird music and it's like grayed out a little bit and apparently it's because the main character's been drugged the whole thing's a flashback and so you can't remember exactly what the ruse was uh you know so they could have this clever reveal except for they more or less play their hand almost immediately uh and so it turns out in the very end he betrays you but you've double crossed him uh and so you make him think that he killed you uh but he killed you in the dreamscape where he just killed an imaginary you in somebody's mind uh, and then felt really smug about himself. In the Wait, main character is that really how? A, no, is that yeah. really how they resolve that whole plot line? Yeah. So uh, you uh. trick him into going into the uh, collective subconscious, and then, and then shoot the an imaginary candidate. version of the main character. And the main character is like, "Well, I'm free to go for the next month or so." And then you meet him in the next dungeon, and <laughs> he's like crazy and evil. And then you beat the shit out of him three times, and then he doesn't really have a change of heart, but he's just like. It just gives uh, up. <laughs> it's like, all of, right, you win. Well, you can kick my no, ass. <laughs> no, you you kick his ass three times, and he like he does the like you know why do you have everything I want? And uh, then um you finish kicking his ass, and then he gets betrayed by himself because <laughs> you're in. So every dungeon is in somebody's mindscape, and so you're in the the big bad, like the main villain for the entire game. You're in his like mental mindscape. And is he like you've outlived? Your and he's this? he's just like, you know, he sees his this guy, the detective, is kind of this assassin lapdog that'll do uh-huh. whatever he wants. So he sends the assassin lapdog to kill himself, you know, the fake oh. one to kill the real one, and that's how it ends. But really, it ends with him hitting a button and locking himself in with a bunch of monsters that I could easily just beat the shit out of because I mean, it's an RPG, just enough healing huh. spells and proper gear management, and any any fight is tolerable. You forgot about how for almost an hour the heroes were trying yeah. to explain the what had happened through the entirety was, of the game to there their is friends. A, I want to say a two-hour cutscene period 
uh, where it's just switching back and forth between everybody being sad because the, the main character's like, dead, oh, and the villains yes, being like so evil, 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 evil. Oh yes, my plan is <laughs> evil, evil, perfectly. Evil, evil. Oh, you are marvelous there. Oh yeah, yes. they're like they're they're yes. just masturbating in yes. front of the camera, and um, <laughs> gross. Yeah, and then you know several other things. It was uh, it was weird. The game is wow. a weird, almost good game. Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting to watch, but like every single element was like I don't know, eight out of ten. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the music, pretty good soundtrack, gameplay, pretty good gameplay, writing, pretty good writing, if characters, pretty good characters. Nothing stood been, out. <laughs> yeah, if it had been half as long and they cut out a lot of the fluff, I think I would have liked it more. Because uh, mm-hmm. one of the main points of the game is it takes place over an actual year of this guy's life. Yeah. Um, and so every day you get up and you have something to do, be it go work at a fast food joint to, like, get some money, get some stats, and learn some clues about, like, an evil manager oh, that you're going to go change the, the mind of. Persona game. It is. Uh, yeah, they're I mean, already all of long. Them are- yeah, all of them are long, <laughs> but this is the longest one by by far. Yeah, uh, like but the, you like, have to like like the normal run of this game is longer than the completionist run of the last game. Yep. Uh, it took me 112 hours, and uh, and so like you also have to grind friendship points, and you have to grind personal stats like guts or uh, charm just mm-hmm. to be able to befriend people, and so it ends up being a lot of. Busy work that's like, it's not terrible, but it's so much padding that by the end of the game, you're just kind of sick of it. Um, and well, on, it's on the so upside, long, you can't when they inevitably it. make a Persona 5 arena game for you to play, it'll only be like eight hours long. Oh, no, I'm not touching it. <laughs> I'm not touching a single uh, you're not gonna play game after Personing this. 5 dancing all night long. No. <laughs> what? Did you not hear? Did you not hear? Uh, they pretty much took down every dancing all night video. Uh, I, from the last generation. I shut down on news the moment I was like, I'm not touching this publisher anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, um... Yeah, I, what are they doing about those final episodes? I, I have the footage. I'll think about it. <laughs> Some, someday I'll, Did I'll you bother. Did you stream them? Yeah, I streamed the whole thing. Okay. So you but just have got... to put up the, uh, the ones that they said, like, if you put these up, we'll kill yeah. you. Yeah, so I I stopped where they told me to stop, and like, what I might Mm -hmm. do is make a second channel and Mm -hmm. put the videos up. A second channel? A second channel, really? You're gonna try and loophole it, Wander? (laughs) There were several loopholes, but I I put it up so if people asked, I could give them access to it, but like, unless- people wonder (sighs) why I turned off from this game the moment the news came out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's your livelihood, you can do what you want, but like, you gotta uh, be careful, man. (laughs) Yeah, be careful. I, I'm because not in, in case we're in case anyone's unclear on this, when they when a Persona Five originally was like, uh, Atlas said you couldn't go past a certain point, and they threatened us explicitly. In the second one, where they slightly walked it back, they never actually stopped saying "Don't go past this point." They just changed the goalpost yeah. slightly and slightly and like apologized and sounded less threatening, but never actually fully retracted the threat. Yeah, just in case so anyone was up- out of the loop, because everyone thinks like the everyone fell for that thing where like a politician apologizes apologizes for one thing and then everything's over now and like oh well obviously that just f- control yeah. alt control a delete the whole news is over yeah. now. <laughs> so like, no it never went away. The other thing too is I mean 
your issue is that you've seen other people play through yeah, and have so the that's endings the thing. out there. But they're such they the f- were a lot smaller. No, so no, no, there's bigger channels that have endings of this game. The mm. thing is, there's not a single Let's Play that made it all the way to the end. They were all streams and generally yeah. silent. I don't think I could find a single video with commentary just because every single Let's Player ran away from it. When Best uh, Friends Play uh, ran away from it and everyone back, I felt pretty confident sticking with yeah. that decision. <laughs> yeah. U- ultimately, what happened was the video... Are they another channel? Yeah, yeah. they're another channel. Oh, okay. Um, ultimately, the views for the, uh, the whole... Poor guys, by the way, they commissioned... They commissioned a, like... Custom animated intro for that playthrough. Whoa! Yeah, they were Aww. super excited. <laughs> that would have cost hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. Yeah, used it for uh, three videos. <laughs> yeah, I. Why did they make themselves look like Persona characters? Is that what they? They did a whole. Did? I'll post it in the podcast chat real quick. It's on a channel was... called Volta Bass, which Volta Bass, which is a channel that does commissioned intros for YouTube channels, basically. Oh, and, this yeah. commission looks cool. Yeah, it looks really great. Oh, it looks really good. <laughs> and it looks like Persona's art style a bit and stuff, and it has uh-huh. the same song and everything. It's great. <laughs> Threw that shit away. <laughs> yep. But yeah, no, I'm this probably going to cost that much money, though. But anyway, what are we going to say, Wander? I, I'm probably just going to hold the footage. Maybe what I might do is just, if I'm going to be away for like 24 hours render the thing into one big video and then hold on to it for the rest of my career until maybe they recant like <laughs> and, then, and then when you die your, your will will your will will contain a URL to the unlisted if, video. If if they ever come out with like uh the Persona five uh golden version and they're like, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> Fuck spoilers, you go ahead, then I'll put it up and just be like, all right, done. Bye. Here's a twenty four hour video <laughs> Of the final month, it's hard See to you find later. AAA you can, publishers you can that trust the, the well the, at some point. Yeah, you can entrust the URL to me, Wander, and I'll 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 uh, I'll, I'll immediately carry it send with it you. to Atlas US. No, 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 no. no. Well, no. it'll be like a top. I am team, sending right? that like, shit. To, I am hiding that in my will with like. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to open up a puzzle box, and inside will be a an encrypted <laughs> USB drive with fucking pipe dream. No, what it should be <laughs> you have is to play like pipe dream for a thousand levels to unlock the video. <laughs> and there you go. There is the mystical ending to Persona Five. Pipe dream. Well, what I was gonna say was we set up a tontine about it, where like every all of us know it, but none of us can share the URL. And then the last <laughs> person to live, they get to share the URL with everybody. Everyone gets well, like three characters of the URL, like the, the, the ending. Hey, part and then as you die, you give link. it to the other people. <laughs> Barring yes. any health complications, statistically, I'd be the one to survive the longest since I'm a lady. Oh. I have a 10-year lifespan over men, typically. Well, the point of the tontine is that you slowly murder <laughs> the other people that are in the tontine. But none of us are blue-collar workers. Also so we are statistically outliers from that statistic. Yeah. True. Um... And yeah, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do with that footage, but I got a billion other things that get more views than it anyway, so I'm not really hurting. Uh, if it was a series like uh, if it was a series like one of my Digimon, uh, you know, back when Cyber Sleuth was getting like fuck tons of views, I think I'd be a bit more on the wall. But it was like by the end of it, I was getting half normal views and I'm like, eh, I got other shit to do. I'll yeah, my, care my about heart, it. If my heart couldn't take that. I need to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my heart can't take the idea of like fifty unlisted episodes of Persona or something like that. 
Yeah, that's why I was thinking one. One fucking <laughs> long one. Um, can you render hours, videos though? that long? How long is yeah. it? Is it, it, would, 20, um, is it? Is it 25 hours? As far as hours go, it would be 26. Oh my Jeez, God. that would take me like two days to render. Because the last dungeon, oh, I think, no. took eight on its own to run through. Because it was just That long. can literally be multiple other games. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's why I like stuff like Holy Potatoes, What the Hell? Because I can just say, eh, fuck it. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do this series and then put it away within 10 episodes. Never think about it again. I actually really like series that run between, like, yeah, 10 or 20 hours. That's, that's yeah, nice. Been, I, 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 I mean, almost 30. I'm about to like. finish Battle Chasers, uh, I think within the next, like, week or so. And We're about to it's finish gonna be Divinity about- Original Sin in 2018. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, no that that will be a series that lasts. That's going to be our longest co-op series, save for maybe G. No, well, What's G- I don't know how Gmod counts. Oh, Gmod. Gmod kind of um, doesn't count because it's a rotating cast. Yeah, it was rotating cast. Pretty much the only consistent characters were me and yeah. mostly Bird. Like for me, our Gmod series is already shorter than Divinity. Oh yeah. Uh, Way more noise, random, what? (laughs) So, the last thing for Persona before we end is I got to the very final boss, standing outside the door, I turned around and spent the next two hours making Lucifer. I think I saw you doing that, and I was like, oh, he's gonna make this Persona. And then I was like, uh, this is taking a while, I'll be back. I part of JRPGs. And then I came back and you were still working on it, and I was like, I'm gonna go to bed. It took forever, because I had to, like... It did. It nickel and dimes you you super hard. It's, uh... Completionism. Not even completionism, it's just... The point of no return should not be right before the boss. (laughs) The point of no return should be, like, before the entire final dungeon. Like, there should be... It should feel like the final arc is one cohesive thing. Like, I, I way prefer, like, the Mass Effect formula for example like the final mission of the first mass effect where it's like here's three hours of no you're in the ending now we're yeah. here it's t- like the otherwise the story JRPGs, feels like it has no stakes jrpgs have to give you the potential to grind at all points because if you've somehow managed to coast through uh you know barely barely managing and then you get to the last boss and it turns out to be like impossible but if you, you can't the, if you've gone through that long of a game with one save file you've you've made some bad life decisions i so i had a friend and everyone has I, to learn that once well, we talked about the final <laughs> fantasy one yeah so in uh in middle school i had a friend i'd sleep over at his place i'd play final fantasy tactics he'd play final fantasy 10 and it was fun because i didn't have a ps2 and he was playing he this is the guy that really focused on his summons and he, yeah. Oh, yeah. he, he really uh-huh. focused on his summons and he only had one save file. I mean, we're what, sixth graders, maybe seventh? <laughs> like, let's be honest, wise decision making is not exactly our forte. Anyway, so he, uh, he. And, and it's that childhood trauma that makes you learn. <laughs> yeah, so he got to the point where, you know, um, when in Final Fantasy X, where Seymour kidnaps Yuna uh, in the, like, the icy area? Mm-hmm. Um,. And you have to fight a boss battle against Seymour without Yuna for mm-hmm. like the first time you play the entire game without her as a party member. So he mm-hmm. had no healing items and he was wildly underleveled. Oh, oh no, that's horrible. To the, to the point where, because he he had been Wait, focusing that... on summoners this entire time. Uh-huh. Your friend didn't have very good like 
forethought. No, I mean, it was the first JRPG he'd ever played. I think it was his first... That's actually legit not the first time. Like, Yuna gets kidnapped a lot in that game. She does, but you usually get her her back very fast. But after the first (laughs) time, you're already like, oh, we can't rely on her being a party member all the time. There's literally an entire character dedicated to kidnapping her. (laughs) Are there there (laughs) other games where... Almost at Bioware-esque, you have a party of people, but one of them betrays you, and if oh, you yeah. just happen to have that Tons one character as your favorite... Lots of characters. Then Many yeah, Final I, Fantasy games have that, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Aerith. Aerith. Uh, that's a big yeah, one. Yeah, she's, she's your main healer, and poof, gone halfway through. There's also like a lot for Final gone. Fantasy IV. There's I'm also a Mass Effect like... and Dragon, and Dragon Age both have characters that are diametrically opposed to each other, where only one of them can be in your party. Yep. Oh, Yeah. And then if you sleep with one of them, you die. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that oh, that's was. An, oh yeah, that's uh, that's a third example of that. That w- that was Samara and Morinth, right? Yeah, there's yeah. Samara Morinth. There's uh, Alistair Loghain, and there's uh, Ashley Caden, and if you, I think it might, there might even be more. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I had a friend that loved Ashley and Caden. Uh, and would bring both of them my along. My favorite characters are the most boringest ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think they felt weird. I think they felt weird about Rex. And what I think they just Tali what's wrong about Garris? having a horned toad for a friend. <laughs> I don't know. I, I look, this is one of my weir- weirder friends, and I had a lot of weird friends, so I just didn't question it. Um But so they yeah, like he humans. just liked both of them and he had to kill one off and he was actually mad i had to ro- i had to walk such a weird tight rope in my smash effect playthrough trying to explain how ashley's racism isn't really that bad because like it's it's weird trying to explain to the people like the concept of like like this is like one of the most like reasonable forms of racism portrayed well i the easy way to weren't the humans easy way to, fighting a war against the turians yeah it was a war for survival have... it, it's like mm-hmm. hating the like, nazis yeah. you're totally justified in hating like, nazis the humans had been at war with the turians within that lifetime and none of them had even seen aliens at the beginning of yeah, their lifetime i think she and they're I currently in a political situation where killed half her dad. The other, yeah like half the other half the other like aliens are all like racist against humans and like you know that if any crisis happens like the way he humans are going to be the one to die like the way they (laughs) she even explains it in a speech at one point where she says like it's like look like uh look you could you can have a dog and you can love your dog but at the end of the day your dog's not like your kid or you or something like that so when a when a bear when a bear attacks you're gonna send your dog at it and like that's like that's her like incredible like very reasonable explanation of like the race relations in Mass Effect of like why, like why yeah. that like why that you could actually see why there's like a humanity first group for example like and like why that's a primary like background struggle throughout Mass Effect One is and why that you have a supposedly racist party member is like because like aliens weren't in your lives this lifetime <laughs> and it, like it's but everyone on the internet's all like like so many people overreact to it as if like she's horrible I'm like well, but it's a it's lot the, of people so have reasonable. never. A lot of people have, like, never dealt with racism in any kind of, like, constructive or whatever sense. I know, like, my middle school was a terrible uh, example of race relations because there were, like, very clear biases. My brother got uh, beaten up by some kids at a drinking fountain and nothing happened to them because uh, they claimed he was saying racist stuff to them. And it's just like, I... Have you met my brother? He doesn't say shit. Literally, it doesn't say anything. It's also it's also the issue of like ugh. not being one to one. Like people talk about like 
people talk about like x-men being a uh, analog to like either racism or homophobia and stuff like that like those kinds of issues kinda but an x-men like those characters are exp- like it, well in particular the x-men movies like hammer on home that message like they try to let like really heavily ho- attach themselves they, to that they have idea superpowers and people can use them for that's evil. the issue that's that's the issue is that every x-men movie also <laughs> happens in some sort of horrible apoc- apocalyptic scenario brought on by mutants <laughs> And it's like, no, it's actually actually the people who hate mutants are pretty reasonable in the X-Men universe because of all the things the mutants keep doing. They're, though they do paint it like yeah, the, the, the thing Sentinels, is like, though, yeah, destroying the, the world we- and mutants. Yeah, the yeah. weird part is, like, the X-Men universe can't figure out if the people that hate mutants are justified or just uh, allegorical Nazis. Because, like, oftentimes they will just be these, like, crazy people that will, like, blow up churches to blame nazis for not nazis mutants for stuff uh and then there are other people that are just like no like they're scary look that those guys just crashed through a whole building and took it down and like that's very much not okay and i, I, I mean x3 specific- has magneto ripping up the entire like golden gate bridge or something yeah <laughs> it's like that's that i mean that's like like what like think about how like the united states reacts to like 9-11 for example for like decades like how would we react to like what if an ent- literally entire bridge floated somewhere else with people on it like that's yeah. a gargantuan weird nightmare event what if and there hasn't there also been instances where mutants have had to put down a fellow mutant because their power was just that destructive yeah well that's kind of the entire phoenix. point of um, yeah phoenix mm-hmm. uh Let's see, Xavier's son, uh, Legion. Legion, great show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Legion is he a pretty neat much show. He was a schizophrenic super mutant that uh, they more or less lobotomize for at least part of the show, and I think he comes back in like a lot of other ways. And then apparently Legion's twin from wait, there's a twin. He, ah. uh, there's a plot line where Legion had a twin. <laughs> And, um... Just a way to get him back. No, well, sort of. He had a twin who died uh, before childbirth. Oh, wait, no, it was Xavier's twin that died before... Like, when they were in childbirth, he sensed that his twin was evil, so he murdered her as a unborn baby, and then she comes back as a psychic ghost and tries to kill everybody. Man! That's, oh my god! Yeah. That's, that's as messed up as the Wayfarer's Redemption series. There's weird where shit the babies in the X Men universe. Before birth and killed, wanted to kill their older brother. Well, when you I... have people that are being paid to just keep making content infinitely, <laughs> it's gonna get weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I, don't be- know. I can't believe the X Men movies are gonna try to do Phoenix again. Really? Yeah. Oh wait. Well, they did. They did have her for what they we brought never back saw Sophie Turner from Game from Game of Thrones as right. as the new Jean Grey in the reboot version where she's alive again now, and they're gonna mm-hmm. immediately do Phoenix again. But they should have given her at least the other one, or one. Two I mean, movies. do you know how many times they've done Phoenix in the comic books? Yeah, they brought back Phoenix four it's times a- and gave <laughs> Phoenix to every X Men instead of just Jean Grey. The X Men <laughs> continuity is a legit nightmare. Well, honestly, yeah. the comic book universe continuity is crazy pants. Like, but Iron that's Man normal is apparently an alien. Like, screwed up continuity is normal for comics. The movies of, of like, like generally, like, superhero movies usually have a really clean continuity until you get to X-Men. 
Well, they... And then it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. They have a huge cast of characters, which is part of the problem. Because even before they started time traveling, they already were making Wolverine prequels that contradicted mm. the the existing movies. And then they started time traveling. And then they had, like, time-altering events that take place before other movies where you can't tell which things changed. Which gives them free carte blanche to just make up whatever they want for every movie from there on out, basically. Well, in addition, having stuff like Logan, which is not in the continuity at all. And it's like... I. No one knows what's happening anymore. They can just, just they can just make up a new thing every movie. Also, in these new prequels, every de- every movie takes place a decade later, but every character looks the same age, which is weird. They made the choice to make every movie a decade later, so now like you're supposed to believe the people from first class are already twenty years older. It's bizarre. Ah. But also, Phoenix is going to happen twice, but the other time is going to be in a different decade than it was before for different reasons. So, like, what is just. The same dream gray just doomed in every timeline to always become Phoenix, like in like the time machine, like by H.G. Wells, where she just keeps dying. I, I think they do actually address that in the comic books, that she is actually doomed. Like, <laughs> as, a, as a person, she's screwed. Uh, except for they stole a Jean Grey, a young Jean Grey from an alternate universe and brought her into post-Phoenix world. And apparently that one's maybe safe, but also still has Phoenix. What's weird mm. is that like it's they're remaking the idea, but it's got to be worse because like in the original X Men movie trilogy, Jean Grey was like the third most important character. Maybe she was and, sort of like a mother figure to a lot of people. Yeah, but I'm just talking about like the specifically the cast of the X Men movies because you have to recontextualize it in forms of like the the Wolverine verse where Wolverine's the main character now because yeah. that's how the movies work. And like Jean Grey was like one of the most important characters in the original three movies. So when you have Phoenix, you're like, oh, this is a big deal because it's Jean Grey. But in the new one, it's like, oh, they did an Apocalypse movie where they introduced Sophie Turner for the first time as being Jean Grey as a minor side character in a, in a show that has like 20, 30 characters. Mm-hmm. And I think the next movie is Phoenix. And it's like, oh, no, that character we don't know is going to go evil. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty bad because uh, actually, Wanda and I were talking about this. We were watching... The Next Generation, and I I had seen most of the other Star Trek series, but The Next Generation had been, like, skipped. Oh, weird. It's um, like the inverse of what people usually have. Well, so I grew up with the original series, and while Next Generation would appear very sporadically on television, uh, my father was a big fan of Voyager, so his sister and, um, between his sister and himself... They had like bought all the DVD sets for our family, so I saw all of Voyager. So yeah, Next Generation and DS Nine, I like I just didn't have really much exposure to, except for the random episode here and there. So you know everything's on Netflix now, so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go back and watch all the Next Generation. Now I, I'm very familiar with the movies. My dad has all the movies, so I knew the Next Generation characters from that. But it was so awkward at the very beginning of the next generation because you, you kind of you kind of didn't know the characters from that, to be honest. Right, right. But in, in so every that... in every next generation movie, Data has emotion somehow, and Picard's usually Bruce Willising around, running around with like Tommy guns and shirtless, <laughs> and like, like, like yeah, that's totally those characters. That's what they're like well, for seven seasons. <laughs> so what was really awkward though was um, so. Obviously, when you're establishing a series, you're you're trying to get a feel for the, the characters, what they're all about. 
But they made the mistake of having one of the first episodes. Maybe it wasn't even that many after the pilot. It may have even been the third or the fourth. I forget particularly which. But they had one of those, everyone on the ship is afflicted with some kind of illness or disease and suddenly they're acting erratic and not like themselves. And I go, wait a minute, but I ah, didn't The shirtless really... decay episode. Right, right, precisely. The, the naked time. Um, in any case... Yeah, they they were acting out of whack, but it wasn't <laughs> obvious at first. What? All right, episode what? 22, The Naked Time. <laughs> that I was the name I, of the I episode, can't. okay? That was the name of the episode, Naked Time? Yes. Really? What? Oh. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I, was, uh, I can't think of season Naked Time. Season one was bad. I okay, can't think of Naked Time Season one of the next generation was Potter Puppet Palace. No, no, no. The, the name of the episode wasn't The Naked Time. The Naked Time oh. was the name of the Sulu episode from the original series. The Naked Now. Uh, okay, The Naked Now sounds a little bit less porny. Oh, no. Wait, never wait. mind. The Naked Now is a TNG episode. Episode 3. Wait. Oh, it was? The Enterprise they, is subjected they, to an exotic illness that drives them to unusual yes, manic behavior. Two. Episode 3? Yes. Oh, the the first was season three. was terrible. It had The Naked... I, I got confused because there is... In the original series, there's The Naked what? Time. And in yeah. the next generation, there's the naked now. But doesn't so doesn't next generation base... literally open with the two parter of uh like the two parter at a uh, far point? Oh I yeah, no. So the so, 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 so after the pilot, the first episode was the one where wow, everyone's acting weird. Yes, <laughs> as, so if we, I... as if we know who they are. Right, I had no context uh. of like, wait, they're so they're starting to act a bit strange, but I didn't know what they acted like in the first place. So I watched all of TNG out of order on TV, so I didn't realize how bad it was. But like that first <laughs> season makes no sense. Well, if oh, you yeah. watch, if you watch uh, syndicated, if you watch syndicated, the next generation, you will almost never see episodes from seasons one or two because they're so bad. I that saw they just season don't two episodes because I I knew the 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 other doctor. Which is only in season two, but because uh, that, that was the weird thing where the doctor just gets replaced by a different doctor for one season that who's uh, who oh. also similarly disappears after that season unceremoniously, mm-hmm. which sucks. I liked her better than the actual doctor that's in the whole show. Uh, oh, Crusher! You so you liked her yeah. more than Crusher? Yeah. Oh. Well, the part of the problem is Crusher just ends up being this like kind of weird. Love I love you, Picard. Picard, but we'll never yeah, get together. Except but also, maybe we like will. Wesley, 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 oh, and then Wesley, Wesley disappears, and then yeah, she's just Wesley's kind of not mom there. is on the ship the entire show. Mm-hmm. But that's so. This is a show that opened with a two-parter where a deity mm-hmm. is screwing with you, like Joker. Which is already like you're not subverting anything because you haven't had a show yet, and then the next episode is wow, everyone's acting out of order. This is weird. It's like you can't like that's a terrible choice for three consecutive first episodes. Maybe yep. they didn't have like all the characters figured out at the time, and they were like, oh shit, we got to make some episodes now. Uh, we'll buy some well, time well, by making it so everyone's personalities are flipped. Actually, <laughs> that's actually, here's a well, this, I here's mean, a little... Riker wasn't even a character. He this... hadn't grown his personality on his face here's yet. Here's a funny lore to <laughs> Guys, well, but, this, wait, gives, what? this gives me a lot of faith, by the way, in the current show, <laughs> considering yeah. how bad TNG <laughs> started and then became one of my favorite shows ever. Oh, I want to, uh, we can continue with that, but I first want to talk about um, an interesting tidbit about the original series. So they actually had a different pilot with a different captain. It was Captain Pike. Yeah. And the lady that ended up being um, the nurse was actually going to be the second mate. Spock, all the uniforms were completely different. And uh, it, it dealt with these like people with these weird brains and the Orion dancer girl and everything. 
but uh, I forget if they just had a falling out or if the actor fell down the stairs and became permanently paralyzed, who mm-hmm. was the captain. But that's when they had to, you know, get a new actor. And the first episode that they actually aired was <laughs> one of my favorites. It was um, The Changeling, I think. It was the one with the, the, uh, it would take the salt. Or was it the, bu- no, what was the name of the episode? I'm trying to think of it. Maybe it was the Changeling, but it was the thing that would suck salt from people. And it's weird because looking back, I, I think it's been reordered so that it's like episode eight or something. I forget. It's been so long since I've looked at my dad's VHS section and like saw all the titles in order lined mm. up in the bottom shelf of the of the um, TV display. But yeah, that that was interesting. That had to be completely restructured. Yeah, he was the he, he was the captain in the pilot, but then Your immediately after. What? He just said my dad was the captain in the pilot. Somebody <laughs> said definitely not say my dad. Keith has definitely. dreams of Starfleet. Did, did anyone confirm what he just said? Because I heard my dad was the captain in the pilot. No, I, I, I'm assuming that. What? So you're looking up like what happened to him? I think he fell no, down I, the stairs I, I, no, and got I, paralyzed. I, well, well, I watched the show, so like I, I was talking oh, about, like okay. it was interesting that uh, he's using the pilot. And the pilot then surprisingly turns out to be canonical because it almost seems like it's a scrapped pilot the way that like, oh, now the Enterprise has a completely different cast. That's weird. But then you get to later in the show and Captain Pike shows up and he's in that yeah. he's in that one weird chair with the beeping button and everything like that. Because the. Oh, yep. right. That's Wasn't where that, that came court- from. Yeah. Was it court martial? I only or- know about yeah. it because I, I originally knew about this it because it was, refer- it was referenced to Futurama. Yeah. We're yeah. sitting in this weird chair and they beep to communicate. But none mm-hmm. of them actually yeah. have to use it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Pike has to beep to communicate because he was exp- he, he and everyone on his ship were exposed to radiation that just ruined them. But Spock like, somehow wasn't with them at the time. No, it was uh, well after. So what happened is he was the captain of the Enterprise. And then, then he got he, transferred And then he transferred off and uh, Kirk took over. And then later on, the, the other ship he was on was uh, suffered from that incident. So it was totally separate. But it was just weird because, like, I was watching it like if like five years ago or something. I was watching t- uh, original series for the first time on Netflix, and like, mm-hmm. I was like, "This is a weird pilot. None of the characters I know are in this. I don't know what's happening." <laughs> and, then, and I was like, "This was just a pilot, I guess, to prove the concept of Star Trek, I guess." So it was really, I was really caught caught by surprise by the that reveal of like, "Oh, Pike actually is in the show canonically, mm-hmm. and he shows up later." Because it's like, it's like when you have a really weird uh, cold open in a movie or a show, and then you don't know how it's related to anything else, and then it just doesn't come up for like an hour or something, and then it blindsides you by being important later. Oh, yeah, like the <laughs> opening scene in uh, Sonic Boom. <laughs> 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 what? Where it doesn't even matter. It's wrong. It's just straight up actually wrong. Uh, you remember what I'm talking about, right? Keith? Oh, yeah. I know you Keith do, knows, Wander, but Keith, Keith you remember what I'm talking Keith about. Keith played oh, Sonic that game. Boom. I was thinking the wrong game. Yeah, Sonic thinking... Boom, where it starts with, like, Sonic and being like, oh, no, and then it's, like, two days earlier. <laughs> well, like, Sonic <laughs> dies at the beginning of Sonic Boom. I hate yeah. those, by the way. I hate cold <laughs> opens. Start me fresh or do not start me with, like, some kind of weird hook. Let well, me so tell you That's this. not a cold open. Yeah. yeah. That's not... So a Keith, cold open is not the thing where you... 
like flash forward to later stuff to as a cliffhanger then go back no cold opens are actually usually cooler than that because usually a, a weird scene then then finding out what how it's related it's usually not the main characters or something like that well i think the effect the in, intended effect is the same as like a cold yeah. open to make you look ahead and be confused but this is i mean it was just shameless and bad as opposed to so keith you had actually seen some of the new series i haven't because it requires that we sign up i for hate CBS. that i hate that so it's much not, Why? it's not a good it's stupid the, the, that's the thing that is it's, happening it's now. on netflix it worked for else, hbo right? so let's do it with our system now <laughs> internationally the problem it's available with the on idea of star trek is that if you like star trek you don't there's a decent chance you don't care about a single other thing on the list of stuff yeah Mm-hmm. Like, well, oh, yeah, exclusive for CBS streaming. <laughs> but yeah, that Star Trek Discovery is weird. Like, really weird. Uh, so it's heavily, heavily inspired by the J.J. Abrams movies. I noticed like, that the Klingons don't have large manes of hair. No, They're the Klingons bald. changed again, which is fine. They always change. Uh, mm-hmm. the Klingons have never looked the same from season to season on, in anything, really. In, yeah, they or don't any of the look movies. like weird space Russians. So. They, like the, they were actually yeah, the, really the first, weird in the original series. Yeah, the first Klingons were basically just black people that had, like, a couple ridges on their head, and then you get to Worf, where it's like, oh, this is a whole separate suit now. Actually, really? one of the first ones that you see wasn't like that. He was actually the guy that acted as um, Tremaine in another there- episode, so he was completely white. Yeah, there's a few Klingons in the original series that actually are indistinguishable from humans, and like you can't yeah, even they, tell they're they Klingons. They had Klingons that looked like Yuri from uh, Red Alert. It was like <laughs> they were like Khan, where it's like, oh, I yeah. guess he's an alien. I don't know, but Khan, Khan. was just a dude. <laughs> but I think Khan was an <laughs> alien too, or something. Yeah. Hey, there was even an ambassador that was being used by them, and the only way they were able to determine if he was a Klingon or not was because of the trebles. For me, though, it's the new Klingons are tied with the the Abrams Klingons from this from Into Darkness, in that they're like, I don't care what they look like, but I hate listening to them talk because they have <laughs> like a really forced, girl. awkward, slow dialogue with big like giant like big giant subtitles with very simple language popping up on the bottom of the screen that they're taking way too long to say, and that was a problem that was specific to specifically a problem for both a. Uh, in Into Darkness and the new series Discovery of just like, I just don't like every sing- single scene where Klingons are having a conversation because it's like, it's so tedious because they, talk- they talk so slowly. Me am talk now. Oh God, they're not okay. cavemen. No, they're like, no, no. Da. Like, it's like, why are you talking so slowly? How do you survive yeah, as a I, culture? Go faster, I, faster. I, <laughs> I, saw, I saw a clip of it and the reason I do the caveman speeches because like that's the pacing and whatnot it also doesn't sound uh-huh. natural at all yeah like it sounds it's, really awkward and there are, some of their voices straight up are like language some of their voices just sound wrong somehow which is weird well i mean like, it's a bunch of actors that have been given words they don't know how to speak klingon probably like half of them are probably just given the script and told yeah here you go no the, i mean <laughs> they just i mean do like, one take of like okay I, yeah I mean, let's do that line i just mean uh, you can I, I just meant that the voices constantly sound like like that. How is that voice coming out of that face? <laughs> Are they modulating them in some I don't kind know. of weird way? They could be modulating them. They could probably they be, could be dubbing them over them, which would like, be hilarious. I, I can't tell. But uh, it's James also Earl like... James Jones, Darth Vader. It's also, also got a pilot had... problem a bit, which is that uh, the show can't uh, really 
it's still set, like we're four episodes in already and it still keeps setting itself up again basically mm. like you start off on one ship and that ship is captained by the the lead woman from a Crouch Crouch Tiger, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Dragon. Michelle Yeoh. And I'm like, I don't think she's a main cast member of the show. So you're like, already you're like, oh, this is a temporary first few episodes set up. Which means that like, first you set up that version of the show. But then that version of the show is gone almost immediately. And then you're setting up a new version of the show as the main character transplants to a new location. So you're like, episode three is essentially the actual pilot of the show. While the first two episodes are like an origin story for the main character. Which already is weird because you're talking about a main character in a Star Trek show, which is very much the case. Like, it has a main character. but Yeah, usually it's like a conglomerate of just, like, the main bridge crew. They yeah. were the cast. The, the thing is and that stuff will happen to the ship, generally. And a cast deals with it. But there's very much, like, a main character. And, and isn't uh, she a human raised by Sarek, who's, you know, Spock's father? Yeah. Which is a whole other new issue because, like, they're the show can't seem to make sense of what that means necessarily. That sounds gets, like is weird she, fan is she fiction. struggling with her humanity? They always bring that up. Is like, it like, so like you could argue that, like, you could argue that her lack of identity is the theme of the show or something like that, maybe because that's mm-hmm. like sure, but like, it is really weird to have to constantly bring up that she's like a human raised with Klingons because constantly it's like. Vulcans. Oh, uh, right? yeah. V- Vulcans, right. Oh, dude, uh, a human uh, raised by Klingons would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> a Vulcan would be like, what's the difference? Worf uh, <laughs> was the Klingon raised by humans. Yeah. Yep. So that's interesting. But, like, she just, she has almost no Vulcan traits, really. She like, they have a flashback that shows her coming and... straight there from being with the Vulcans. So it's like, oh, she's all restrained and has the weird hair and everything like that. But, like, Outside of that flashback, she just seems like exactly as human as everybody else. Because like it's hard to tell the difference between a human raised by Vulcans and just humans that are scientists, which is literally everyone in the Federation that you meet usually. <laughs> so, like it's it's like I don't know how the, how do you, how they can delineate that to make it feel different. But uh, it's actually an enjoyable show ex- aside from the part where you have to, where you remember it's supposed to be Star Trek. Like it's it's a space drama and watch it's a fun space drama that's ridiculous. Re- ridiculously well shot like -hmm. it's beautiful at all times like it looks better than the jj abrams movies that i'm sure are more expensive because it's it's so well shot but also it has it's not constantly trying to do this action movie all the time so like it has time to breathe and linger in these locations and it's cg is even shockingly good for a television show that's something that always bugged me about the next generation it was a, a show with a lot of really good ideas they came 20 years too early uh, in because, this like stiff sitcom yeah. looking set. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I I felt like the cast of some uh some like I don't know, uh family show is going to just like bump in like you could see them in the background <laughs> trying to like hustle off off and it's like a shit. A lot of it was actually made out of foam, you know. It yeah. was such yeah. a cheap set and such Those, a cheap show. The doors <laughs> that had to be manually opened and closed by Pete by mm-hmm. set by a uh, extras oh, off Pete. camera. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, they'd be hiding in the walls. Like mm-hmm. if you just want a sci- if you just want a, sci- a sci-fi drama of people on a ship, like it's actually generally good. It's got an entire cast of good actors, and it looks great. And they're mm-hmm. everyone's doing a good job, except for maybe the the writers. <laughs> mm. Where like there's 
it's hard to judge this early, but like, there's definitely senses of like this of it being like a really heavy-handed, awkwardly handled, uh, like season-wide plotline thing. And there's an issue of like, there was a really good showrunner that was on the project and then left, but he outlined um, the the project for like three seasons. Now, and is he it, was going to be following. The... Sorry. Well, it's like he was going to be the director of the whole show. And mm. then just left at some point after having, but he set up the framework for three seasons. So the, they have the framework to work with, but they have to do all the in-between stuff. So it becomes this like Game of Thrones problem where like George R. R. Martin made these books that resonated with a bunch of people. And when they do the stuff from the books, it works really well. But in the recent scenes of Ga- seasons of Game of Thrones, they're going past the books and they're only working with the framework of what's supposed to happen and nothing else. And they have to like, they have to do the dialogue and fill in all the details themselves. And that's where all the weak points are showing. That's what's happening with Star Trek right now is that like somebody mm. seems to have had a good plan for the show and the parts that like the big notes all seem to be working just fine. But all the details in between feel like somebody else had to handle them because that's what happened. Are they following an episodic format or are they really just going like there's one goal, one direction and every episode just further? Four episodes in so far, the show is very much a modern American drama and that this season is a storyline. As opposed okay. to Star Trek episodic stuff. So they're not going to be arriving on a planet every single episode and solving its issues. They might eventually, but they're definitely <laughs> not for the first four episodes. Mm-hmm. It's all set up in story arcs. And ju- and the idea that they have supposedly like ide- plans for the first three seasons suggests that it'll always be that way. It'll probably never be a Monster of the Week show. But we'll mm-hmm. see. It'll be its own thing. We have about only I could see 20 minutes. Do we have any questions by any chance? I, I just wanted to... Can I can I talk about one game that isn't Persona 5? Because kind of didn't get to talk about the one game that I wanted to talk about. I don't think I talked about that. Oh, I talked about Cuphead. Cause you, yeah, you, you got to talk about Cuphead. <laughs> I just... I wanted to talk about you Elix to for a second. T- terrible yeah, face. I just wanted to show you guys this. Because um, this is something I've been running into lately, where technology is actually uh, surpassing. Oh, uh, why are you showing me a poop? <laughs> so, um, so Elex is the the latest and greatest double uh, A wannabe uh, uh, Dragon Age game, and it's actually Dragon Age. Yeah, Wait, does have I, I would say it's a wannabe. It's wannabe. Uh, it's wannabe. It's Dragon one of Age the many double A RPGs made in the aftermath of a bio, a post bio world, uh, bioware world. So it's yeah. like Path of Fire. Where like there's a, there's a bound there's by a, flame, yeah, yeah, bound, like bound by flame, yeah. Like there's a video game template for how to make a Bioware Western RPG, and a lot of AA developers have been following it religiously for like the last ten years. Yeah, so it's open world with factions, and your choices matter. And this weird potato man that I just shared with you guys <laughs> actually tells you. Well, he says. Well, it says Duris will remember this. Uh, it's Did it he's say like that? saying, yeah. Uh, he, oh no! Uh, it's it's very it's very much just like you like Dragon Age, right? Or like a Bioware game, right? Okay, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be nice and similar, and um, <laughs> it. uh, it's it's odd. Um, uh, and I'm I think I like it mostly ironically, not because it's necessarily good. The combat's awkward, and the people look really weird. And the main character is like the quintessential deep voice, dark and broody. 
Not uh, this guy, though. He's not this no, guy. No, not not this guy. That's that's the potato man, <laughs> the, the first guy you actually talk to in the game. Doesn't he take your armor? <laughs> He's one of your companion characters. Oh. Yeah. Um, have you? What did the woman look like in this universe? Fairly reasonable, but I haven't gotten close enough to any of them to actually tell you. I was going to uh, compare they, him to Commander Shepard at first, but he really looks like some sort of weird, like, default character generator man. Like, yeah. the, uh, the main character in this game. As far as I can tell, whoever they His hired... His hairline's a little low. Whoever He's just was, nondescript bald man. Yeah. Oh. Whoever they picked up for their, their like, art team really clearly loves sci-fi equipment and armor and weapons in general. They're not so interested in people. And I, w- I was finding myself really disappointed that they didn't just make everybody robot men. Because if they had just <laughs> gone with the everybody's a robot man, don't question it route, the game would have actually looked really nice. Because, like, the armor that Potato Man there is wearing looks really cool. Like, it looks like something out of Game of Thrones. Their armor is really awesome. Yeah, and the sci-fi stuff looks pretty good. You know, kind of Mass Effect-y and so on and so forth. But the people... No, and they're they're they don't have lip syncing, so it's the old like blah 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 talking oh. style. Um, but the thing is, like, they kind of have an emotion based like emotion animation, so it's like this character is probably happy. Let's curl his mouth up a little bit, so he's got like oh uh, oblivion face. style, uh, yeah, facial yeah. animations. I, I was like, it's like if you took oblivion and remade it faithfully with modern tech. Um, for, con- for context, this developer is Piranha Bytes, the developer that made all three Gothic and all three Risen games. Yeah. So I and guess like, Elex must be their new trilogy that they'll yeah, do. Yeah, it's, it's their new thing they're working on, and they're probably going for it. And honestly, like looking looking at it, if you like Gothic, you're probably going to like it. But I can't help but make fun of everything that happens. You get a jetpack, uh, oh, which actually okay. is kind of a nice thing, and you can kind of fly up. So like. You're Apparently not their entire company buildings. has 25 employees. Wow. What? Wow. Good, good for them. I mean, it seems <laughs> like an okay game for that small of a team. Um, but, like, you get a jetpack, which is neat enough, and uh, you can use it to, like, get up places and explore, which is appreciated. But the character's animations, whenever he's jetpacking, is effectively T-posed. He's flying through the sky... And it looks like he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like, he doesn't even, like, pose. He doesn't superhero. He's just standing there waiting to get through, uh, waiting for gravity Aren't or his, his jetpack to be done. at least in the wind? Not or... really. No. no. I, like, fell off a cliff at one point and the character just went to default standing pose until he landed. <laughs> oh, no. It was magic. I was just like, he looks like he just doesn't like anything and he's just waiting for it to be done so he can go back to doing whatever. <laughs> um... And just wily coyoting, he just thinks he's on the floor. It's pretty funny. Um, and like the combat's okay, it kind of does the Dark Souls thing where you have like a stamina meter and yeah, you have heavy attacks and light attacks, and apparently you can combo them together to do like an extra special attack, but uh, it's kind of clearly not mo capped at all. So the character just like mechanically steps forward and just starts like wailing on a guy really strangely, and I'm just like. This is this is what happens when technology kind of outpaces a developer, where like they can make a really nice looking game, but the moment it needs to move, uh, it suddenly gets really questionable because people have like really high standards now. You know, Uncharted, for example, 
uh going from like watching uncharted to uh even mass effect andromeda was a horror show uh, and the idea of like going even further down from my my face is tired is uh a bit disconcerting uh i actually kind of feel bad for these guys because this game would have would have been maybe fantastic a couple years ago and now it's just like huh that's a weird looking person man well, a few years ago, they couldn't have valleys. made it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's whole, that's always true. Like for the for developers like this, they're getting that far because it's getting so much easier to get that far. That's becoming yeah. something that a, a smaller team can handle without having a six hundred. Like that's called the, leapfrogging. Like if you look at those graphics, compare those graphics to Resident Evil Six, a game that had six hundred people working on it. <laughs> Think about that. That's yeah. That's how things have progressed. Now a team yeah. that is one oh god, one twenty fourth the size can do it. <laughs> yeah, they might not have even had that many people modeling and animating for this. No, if I only a if it's only a twenty five man studio, like I'm actually I kind of impressed a lot of now. This is just bought off the asset store. Uh, no, maybe. Um. The the characters and the the weapons look unique. The, I know I'm sure that like a lot of the main pieces are, but like all of the like fluff, like oh yeah, you're, you're right, the a, environment a log pile that's definitely bought off an asset store. <laughs> I could I could see that. Maybe um, cheap. Have you ever looked at how cheap assets are? You can get no, like a hundred three D models of just like filler shit for like so, twenty bucks. Part of me just feels fair. like if you're if you made two RPG trilogies already and you're published by THQ Nordic, you're probably making your own assets at that point. I uh, it's hard to say I with wouldn't THQ. Be surprised. THQ Nordic I wouldn't say is really like a uh a determination for quality. They're kinda of like data lake where it's a grab bag, they're just a publisher because they're the only one available in that area. Or mm. kind of that that school of thought. Uh, like Battle Chasers is also THQ Nordic, and mm-hmm. that game is like just hundreds of times higher quality because of how independent they are from THQ Nordic, which is probably for the best because I, th- I don't know. I think THQ Nordic kind of learned from you know previous THQ, and they're like, okay, we're just going to be <clears throat> really hands off this time around, and we'll just kind of handle the publishing instead of like actually allocating much money to anywhere. Uh, I would give it a chance. I think you should just like Oh, see, I'm going to give it a chance. See what the plot is like and everything cuz I know that people are saying that after I finished my miss series that I should go pl- back and play Planescape Torment. I, and I'm like, mm, <laughs> that looks really old, but I suppose I I'm going to give it a chance it. until I hit some kind of wall where I say this is really boring or frustrating. Uh cuz that's usually what happens. Uh, I play a Speaking game until of I'm which like, I'm almost done with Vaporum. <laughs> yeah, well, they patched it to make it a lot better, but at this point, I'm just kind of like, eh, I got other things to as play. As far as I can tell, I'm not getting any patches because I still can't use notes on the map. Wow, which everyone else claims works, and I think, I think when I log in, it tells me that I'm using like a develop like a review copy still, and I think I might. Oh yeah, I might be playing uh... like a pre 1.0 version. <laughs> oh, interesting. Because huh. I saw that's a good point. I saw yeah. on the forums there was a post about how they rebalanced uh, how a few different systems work. Like, in particular, somebody was min-maxing and realized that, like, if the healing gives you a specific amount, like, 
you get a life leech item in the game and the life leech gives you a specific numeric value of life leech instead of percentage so they realize that what they should do when they're trying to heal with it is they should take their armor off then heal with it then put their armor back on because your armor maintains your current health percentage which means Um... that if, if you that means that healing is more effective when you have less health overall and then you can put your armor back up and you'll go back to your higher max health but your your it maintains the same percent health so get if you have a flat health if you have a flat number healing value you want to use that when you have less health technically and then buff yourself back up to having a lot of health after you've healed and so they realized that weird loophole that was that's like an incentive structure that 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 sort of incentivizes people to go into these bad loops of doing really unfun gameplay because it technically makes you better off uh so they they bat they patched it to have a uh to add a a specific percentage element to it and a limiter to it so it wouldn't be incentivizing people to do that and that's never shown up in my game yeah i could see that because i i have the uh press uh, the force press version of dungeons uh Dungeons three and I don't get the uh, day one patch. It's weird. I'll have to bug them about it. Yeah, I it's honestly, not a big ne- deal. I honestly never struggled with the game though. I'm playing on normal difficulty and I'm all up to the last floor now. And there was no real like stopping blocks. I uh, I just hit a point. Maybe I was inefficient due to lack of experience, but I was on like the easiest difficulty out of healing items at fifty HP, and I was like, I literally can't progress in this game. This is no longer fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think know. it just comes down to damage mitigation. Like, just how much can you deal with the combat in avoiding I, damage? I just damage don't like that like combat system. It yeah. is so clunky. Like, I could see why that that sort of thing would be really fun, but in the age of shit like Dark Souls, Elex, and I just like billions of other better options, action combat a la weird square dancing is just... I really got a I got a kick out of it because they took the Grimrock formula sort of and the biggest way that they diverted from it was by having a bunch of like area of effect attacks. You'll have enemies that attack in a line and enemies that attack all their adjacent squares or like certain bosses where like they'll do a slam where the front the box in front of them and the ones to the direct left and right of the front of them like in a line will be the the ones that get hit. So evading around patterns and then also using your gadgets that also attack in patterns becomes like the entire game and that that started to get really zen like doing these evasion patterns and doing positioning yourself like in like at times like intentionally surrounding yourself but with an but but with an escape path so that you could specifically do aoe attacks that would hit everybody at once and then then responding by like luring people down hallways to do line based attacks to go through people and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of like fun things that I, that are not, not opportunities that came up in Grimrock as much where that was mostly a single target game. Oh yeah. Cause the enemies would group up. Not only would they yeah. group up, but just every, pretty much everybody was using like single target attacks, both you and your enemies most of the time. So, uh, do we want to quickly do a question or three? Uh, Colonel RPG asks, how do you feel about made-up languages in fiction, games, books, movies, and ha- and do you know any, even partially? Which one's your favorite, even if you don't know them? Um, hmm. I learned that, all that of Tolkienian Dwarvish in elementary school. That was weird. <laughs> oh, I feel like Tolkien did it right, and or did it really, really well, and everybody else who does it doesn't, I don't know, doesn't feel as I, good. It depends. If it's if it's just one for one, 
I, I never like it when it's spoken. It almost always mm-hmm. feels just really awkward because, you know, we've been speaking. It's it's like uh, whenever you're trying to speak like uh, what languages did you guys take in uh, high school? Keith, you took German. How how fluid was your German uh, by the end of it? Not fairly. Not there. My, we go. My Spanish, you, don't get fluid, yeah. you, do, you do not get fluent anything from high school. Well, no. I, I said fluid, not fluent. Like, I can't, I can understand Spanish really well. What does fluid mean? It means like if you're, if you speak it, you sound like, yeah, you're not like, it's, you're not, it's, it's like, okay. you might still have think an of, accent, but you don't sound halting and awkward. I mean, I can't, it as the opposite of an Italian guy because I don't speak like, German. Think of it as the opposite of an Italian guy being like, oh yeah, my mom, she makes a good, like, asta basul or something. I would and have just to like have... switch from American into Italian. I would have yeah, to talk cause... to a German in German to know, and they'd have to ask Cause, him. Because, like, <laughs> That's the only I, way to know. I took years of Spanish and I couldn't smoothly switch back and forth between, and I couldn't have a good conversation in Spanish either because. I don't know the words. Uh, they're not. My in... vocabulary is so rusty. I can remember a lot of like the tenses and how you're supposed to but, like, change the verbs. But, like, but then mm-hmm. even even back like during school, none of us were ever particularly good masters of it. And so when you have a fake language in a video game, nobody knows the language except for the people that made it. And even then, they're not the ones speaking it. So you hand voice actors who might not even know what game or setting they're in, and they suddenly have to voice act this thing. Maybe with like small amounts of voice voice direction. Elven language is immensely pretty, though, when you hear it. It is pretty, yeah. and they did a really great job of it because it's like a real, real language, and they got really great actors, and they put a lot of love into it. Yeah, whereas like Elbed it almost exists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it usually just ends up Elbed. sounding like pig Latin gibberish. What was Albed? It was oh, the Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy, Fantasy one. Yeah. Also, yeah. bullshit because weren't you literally replacing letters with other letters? Like it yeah, was like it was a, ro- a yeah. cipher of English. Yeah, it, it was, was like some sort of like rotation sixteen language or something. Like <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a real language. Now they also have like the language of the Fremen in Dune, right? Yeah, but what like in a lot of these cases, like Lord of the Rings, it's because somebody sat down for years and developed these languages. Well, Tolkien was a he was a linguist. Yep. Yeah, like so. part of the reason why I was able to learn Tolkienian Dwarvish as an elementary school. Dwarvish? You, yeah. you chose Dwarvish. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like ah. He's always had an affinity with the dwarves. I uh, know. Well, no, I had shitty handwriting in elementary school. Dwarvish oh. is a very like blocky. Uh, oh, you mean the stuff. written language? Yeah. No, I I didn't I didn't learn spoken. God, that'd be impossible. <laughs> um, Dwarvish. But I could I could have technically learned how to speak it because uh, it was fairly phonetic. It's uh it's like Korean because uh, Korean was a uh a manufactured language. They they more or less uh, sat down and were like, okay, we need a language that's going to be really easy for people people to pick up. Yeah, because and so unfortunately, you could technically learn the basics of Korean cuneiform within... and Japanese kanji and everything. It gets yeah. really confusing. Typewriters like, can't handle it. Apparently, you can learn the basics of Korean in an afternoon. Uh, all it is after that is like mastering it. Um, huh. And that was true for like Tolkien Dwarvish because he knew what he was doing. Uh, and most mm-hmm. people that make languages, they're just trying to come up with something that sounds uh, believable. Uh, long enough that nobody's going to question it. I and can, that's it. I can like write a prop pretty book in much, a movie. <laughs> yeah. I can write but, almost as swiftly in the Star Wars Arabesh as I can in English. But, and, I mean, you can actually probably read it because I'm not like t- 
my my English handwriting looks like a lot of scribbles. Yeah, it's pretty her bad. Uh, her English, English handwriting. handwriting? Is it's just her handwriting. Right? No, well, no, her her Irish handwriting is reasonable. Her um, essentially, if I have to take the time to make carefully make symbols, then yeah. But my it's sort of like imagine if cursive and uh oh, what's what's our blockier form of English written like whatever default. The, the, okay, fine. <laughs> default. It's sort of it's sort of like a, a a half between cursive and not, but then also incredibly fast, so that it it it's looks a little bit scr- scritchy. Oh it's, yeah, print. It's just print. Haven't you ever heard yeah. the phrase "print your name"? <laughs> no, no, it's true. Uh, okay. So no, Shell carries in a printer for that specific section. But Arabesh is one of. Arabesh is one of those things where it's just one symbol equals one letter, so you're start, not really getting a language out of it. Start um, dot matrix printing your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those uh, things are awful sounding. I mean, I, I've also memorized... Well, I mean, you probably want to do this if you play the Myst games, but I've memorized all of the numbers, like the number system for it, so it, it comes in handy. Which you literally can learn in like an actual like school Puzzles. room <laughs> like <laughs> you go to an actual classroom that is currently abandoned and use the learning tools that they used on their children to learn the number system uh yeah the- i remember that puzzle the puzzle was awesome the funny thing is they don't actually teach you how to go into the like 20s 30s 40s 50s no. until later games um but i the thing is i could it's it would take so long uh in revelation they actually go into the written text, but they actually have separate symbols for sh and ch and th and a couple other um, vowel combinations and stuff. But the Disney language itself is so very different that, yeah, they, they probably don't have an established vocabulary to like an immense extent. They, they probably just have a couple phrases and sentences that they use for one thing or another. Yeah. I've so never yeah, had any particular interest in fictional languages, so I'm just going to say parcel tongue. <laughs> Is there anything to parcel tongue? I don't think anyone ever made a language for it. <laughs> yeah. But it's but they focused on snogging. But when they got to the movies, somebody mm. had to say something Snog. when it was parcel tongue time, so <laughs> I somebody wrote somebody was really just like Ju- like not Chewbacca, like um Jabba the Hutt noises, like <laughs> He's so wanted jumbo. He's a so I think they probably sung. Not a not a direction I thought what? this podcast would take, but I will. I, I'm no, proud of it. I, the I, orc language probably sounds a lot I like think, clean on, doesn't it? I think uh, Job of the Hut was just them recording. Um, George Lucas at McDonald's. Playing it backwards. I was going to say in the bathroom. And then playing it backwards. Yeah, and slowed down. <laughs> it's like, uh, hang on. Well, that would that uh. would be Hatties, as they would refer to it as. Yeah, they yeah. just put a hidden mic in the bathroom. Yeah. All of the recordings <laughs> are just people pooping and, like, the shit they're saying. Oh, like, they just, like, slow it down and play it backwards. Oh, God, I'll never be able to hear Jabba the Hutt the same ever again. It's okay. I mean, it's a yeah. giant turd anyway. Yeah. Or slugs. <laughs> uh, one last question. No, two hours, bro. We're done. Oh, yeah. We yeah. are done. 
Finally. Yeah, so, God damn. So I like I like We got through one Elvish question. For the sound. Yeah. Denise. Do we have enough for, for like, a question podcast? Because we could always do that at like 45 or something. For the symbols. Yeah. Um There's like the thought. 12 questions in the backlog. Eh. Eh. Whatever. Someday. Eh. And like a lot of them. Some uh, when I go through them, some of them are like, "Oh, never mind," and I just drag it away because, like, some of them yeah. are not really a thing to go into. Uh huh. Like, is it topics that we wouldn't want to touch? Or they're just bad, or play scrap mechanic. Some of them are just <laughs> nonsensical, or they ask a question that we've already answered. Or mm-hmm. are the nonsensical ones the what would you do in this situation? How many times do we get questions about YouTube drama? No. That's good. Because I don't would think we do, but question. now we it's will. Like, what do you think of the latest hee hee video or something? <laughs> <laughs> don't ever ask us a question like that. <laughs> Truth. Even though anyway, we do talk about YouTube drama on this podcast. Uh, not, not the same. We talk about other. We, we talk about YouTube controversy, actually, not interpersonal yes. YouTube drama between channels we've never heard of that are mad, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, wouldn't you want to avoid talking about things like that in the instance one of them notices you and then... I don't it's know. It's not even that. You want to avoid talking about it because it's literally a giant outrage machine where everybody just profits off of yelling at each other. Yeah. And, the, and there's just an audience that likes watching the drama and they act like one side won or lost, but really everybody's just profiting. Yeah, it's like the it's like the Mayweather fight thing. Yeah, I guess. I know what yeah. That is. <laughs> the loser of the fight still walks away with like thirty million dollars. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mayweather wealthy. versus um. Oh, you're uh, talking McGregor about the wrestlers a, or the yeah. boxers. Yeah, that was like a yeah. huge thing, and like afterwards, they're both just like walking. I mean, pictures of them on Instagram. Wrestlers are almost a more valid comparison than Mayweather because it's like those are people who are actually like just straight up faking it. And all the drama is like manufactured and written and directed and stuff like that. That's not that far off of how a lot of drama on YouTube kind of works, honestly. Oh, yeah. It's just a bunch of bullshit feuds just like rappers did for 30 years. (laughs) And everyone makes money off of it. Flipping on the TV and it would be... Um, some woman would start a cat fight at one of the wrestling rings and then their boyfriends would have to come in and duke it out and they were all like big name wrestlers and then they were smashing chairs on one another's backs. I mean, that's every episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, so send us questions about um, Keemstar and uh, Hee Hee (laughs) and I will gladly answer them. Yeah, yeah send us questions, uh, about... title them Drama <laughs> Alert, and I will be sure to filter that. <laughs> yeah. So that it Bird's never reaches will us. be who and why do I care? And please <laughs> stop asking me questions. That'd be a great podcast. It would be. <laughs> At us right. trying to answer drama questions about YouTube channels we've never heard of. Yeah. It's like, well, this name comes before that one alphabetically, so I guess they win. <laughs> Alrighty. See you guys next time. See you.